with this group, we are sticking together. here alongside Wei Ting, Braden Harrington, and Davey Portman. It is late, late on a Chicago Saturday night, early Sunday morning. We are here at the the road office for the post office. Guys, we have all taken in, all in, oh, from very different perspectives. Number one. <laughs> first one of many. That wasn't even an intentional one, so get ready. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. It is the official all-in post show. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, boy. I don't have one of those. <laughs> you don't need one. We're, we're, we're young up and coming. We can catch phrases. It is 12.45 in the morning, central time. Me and Davey are having coffee. Well, Brayden is having a much-needed tea to contain his, his throat contamination. Uh, I'm and down with this. Way is also downing some tea. So we have, we have seen who are the coffee drinkers at 1 in the morning and... Who only Actually, you the stole the last coffee, so... Uh, Davey kind of stole the last coffee because... There wasn't any more coffee? There was no coffee. Oh, I, man, I, I didn't realize. I only filled a third of mine up, and so, I'm already done, so blame Davey. I do need this, I do need this tea. You I'm need it more than anyone. Sickness. You should be having tea nonstop. Listen, I, like, my throat was hurting before going to the show. Like I'm battling this cold that I got from Davey. And, uh, no, and that you're about to give to all of us. Yeah, probably. And uh, I, I just was screaming through a wrestling show. So now my, like, I just have no voice. So I apologize. So on Saturday morning, like we were up fairly late after our, our outing on Friday night and getting in. And Way said, did Brandon Davey go out on Friday night after we all went to our rooms? And I was like, I don't think so. Brayden sounded awful because we could hear you <laughs> coughing through the walls. It's like, there was no way he went out. I'm sure he felt like death. Well, we meet up with you on Saturday. You guys not only went out, you were out till like four in the morning. Listen, it's all in. You got to go all in. You can't just go half. Where did you go? Well, well. While I was uh, decapitating my knee at three in the morning, yes. what were you out doing? That was what so was fun. It called Coach House. It was called Coach House, um, which was just nearby. It's, it's one like of the only bars away. in this area uh, near the Sears Center, I guess, that has the four a.m. last call oh. in the city of, or I guess the suburbs. How did you hear about this place? Um, one of your uh, friends. yeah, my buddies who are over at the moment, they were they quickly found out the latest boss. We got there. There was a lot of people in wrestling shirts and there's a lot of just locals like from the suburb area here and it was dead until about 2.30 and I, wa I literally wanted to die because I just hated it and I was dying and then all of a sudden around 2.33 just picked up and it well, it got lit. <laughs> I'm sure it did. You can make puns on a show, and I'll say lit, and then we'll just do a tally up. I'm, I'm quickly learning that Davey's contact list has to be super deep, because <laughs> you just have friends everywhere, yeah. and deep, like deep numbers in all these spots that you go or to. Or it's just the same people each place. It could be that, too, but, but take the first one. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a compliment to your popularity. So we were out till 4 a.m., and uh, we made mistakes. Yes. So... Um, on Sunday, Wei and I are going to be driving home to Toronto, hopefully in a lot quicker fashion than it took us to drive down here. 
Um, and we are going to talk more about uh, kind of our, our live show we did on Saturday, go through all of that stuff because we have a lot to discuss with All In. So we're not going to uh, break down our whole trip. And I'm sure you guys are going to talk about your end of yes. the trip uh, this Thursday. Up next, subscribe, rate, listen, wow. and support the Thank good you. guys yeah. at Up Next. Uh, but going into Saturday night, uh, for those that need a quick update, Wade, do you want to provide it of those that last heard us saying, we don't know if we will be all in, what the final solution was for you and I on Saturday? All right. Well, uh, John, we actually talked about it on the show. But not on a free show. Oh, so okay, I'm trying okay, to bring got everyone it. up to speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So we were denied press credentials. They had simply run out or maybe just, you know. Uh, Googled us. Canadians. They were all out. <laughs> Forget these guys. Uh, you know, and whatever. Like, I don't care. I just wish we knew earlier because uh, these tickets were very hard to come by and uh, um, we Not had trouble. Not for Brayden. these things were falling out of the <laughs> sky into his lap all night. Shit, no, shit. Shit. Even when he was in his seats, he was getting better seats. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Like, Literally got better tickets as he was sitting watching I have the to show. say, because of you two, me and David have become like, we, we're like the little brother show of you two and being here with you guys here for StarCast was fucking amazing because so many people are coming up to us and being like I know who you guys are or hey maybe I don't know who you look like but I listen to you guys I listen to John Wayne I listen to uh, me and, and Davey and because of that we met, made friends and when you make friends you know things happen things and fall out of the yeah, sky yeah they just do uh, and sometimes I go up high into the sky with those things and it's great um, so just a shout out to like everyone yeah. here uh, everyone who came up to us at StarCast I have to say right away like this is I've been here for a day and yeah. It was just like a fun. Uh, it was great. We can briefly talk about Starcast. I had a, I had a bit of a celebrity encounter. Oh my oh. god! This is exactly where I, we don't, need to go. Don't make me blush. Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, I do want to thank everybody that showed up. Yeah, uh, and uh, we just the turnout was probably better than I expected, man. Oh, to be well, way better than I expected. Um, I, I mean, when we got there, we didn't know what the setup was going to be like. It was, you know, when we got there, not only did we have a great turnout, they hung out for the whole hour and a half show mm-hmm. but we had a, a great production setup which yeah. could have been a nightmare and turned out to be flawless yeah yeah so uh you know uh starcast conrad westwood one uh podcast movement thank you all all you guys for uh, uh doing great technically but also thank you to everybody who showed up and asked questions patrons will get to hear the that show in its entirety you need to join if you're not joined you need to join just to hear this this is that was really great you need to if you're listening to this and you're not you need to go right now and buy it oh we gained a hype man because that was no. it was there was so many people who showed up for you guys and was I it, thought it was great is there one word that could have described the show lit <laughs> there was a dude today that we met who had this like gold sequined shirt that said lit oh but that wasn't even the most distinguishing part of his uh, attire because on the back of his head he had all in shaved into oh. the back of his head and Wade uh, lensed it. I, I lensed it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, there was a lot of people wearing post wrestling T-shirts. Not yeah. only at Starcast because you could meet you guys and you know grab them, but at the actual Sears Center, there was so many people wearing post wrestling shirts. So shout out to those guys. Yeah, too. big thank you to all of the listeners that we got to meet this weekend. Back to our situation for Saturday night. Uh, Listener Jeremy Fritch, want to give him a no, big... no, back back to my celebrity. Oh account. shit! Oh, right, yeah, yeah. sorry. Oh, that's right. what we get We will get to everything. Holy! So, All right, so geez. so we're. Doing, I don't even know this story. So we're doing this show. <laughs> yes, you do. Oh, I do. So we're doing the show, and then all of a sudden, John gets the text. 
he gets a text. Oh, yeah, yeah, this. He gets a text from somebody who, because we had set up our booth. We show up early at a StarCast, and, you know, we ask, hey, like, uh, we're supposed to have a booth. Where should we set up? We kind of get the work around, like, yeah, well, I don't know. You should talk to Conrad. Conrad's busy. Okay. So then I had to pull up an email that proved that I spoke Never to Never delete emails, folks. That was the lesson yeah. this week. <laughs> so then these guys set us up. They're like, oh, okay, you can take this this table. Nobody's setting up here. And then I'm looking at, at the top, and it's Teddy Teddy Long's banner is up there. So apparently he had this table yesterday. So I'm like, okay, are you sure we can use this? Like, I can take this banner down. And she's like, yep, he's not going to be here today. You guys, it's all yours. I'm like, okay, great, cool. So I set up, put a, take the Teddy, Teddy Long banner down. Uh, Post-wrestling is moving in. Roll it up super nicely and put it, put it to the side. And I put up the post-wrestling banner. Well, as we're doing this show. Uh, somebody, somebody who was working at a booth next to us who happens to know John... Uh, text us in the middle of this show. Teddy Long is not very happy with you guys. <laughs> no, he was uh, not happy with either of us. Well, yeah. I wasn't aware of any of that. And then me and David show up, and David's like, uh, I was like, yo, is what's going on? Teddy Long got heat with Way. Well, so, so I'm like, we go back there, down there after our show. I also didn't alert Way to this morning ahead of time. So I, oh, that makes more sense now. I, I kind of just let like, Way. I was like, uh, maybe we're not even going to. You like, weren't even there, dude. Because like, I, I get down there and like you must have been like stuck outside or something like that. And then like Teddy Long like taps me on the shoulder. He's like, I have a photo of uh, three photos of you yeah. and, and, and uh, this altercation. It's, so, I'm going to frame them probably. And then Teddy Long's like, excuse me, are you Josh? I'm like, no, I'm not Josh. I'm like, I'm thinking he means John. And I, I'm looking for Josh, and I'm like, I don't know who Josh is. And he's like, oh, I'm like, what's what's the matter, sir? And he's like, uh, he's not, he wasn't upset that we had taken the table, because I guess the table wasn't even supposed to be his, so, but he was upset that his banner was taken down. Now, my, this was the point of contention, yes. okay? Because the banner was right behind the table that we were at. That's my recollection of things yeah the banner was directly behind our table so therefore we had to take that banner down in order to put our banner up that was part of our agreement teddy long contends that his banner was actually mm. at the other table Whoa. and thus the photo of the of, of this altercation <laughs> me and david just stood there we couldn't really hear we, what he, he was saying we just knew from body language that he wasn't happy at no, all was he was not <laughs> telling way that he really enjoys all the patron features me, me, and, me and david he thought me and david thought it was about to be a fucking tag team match up. <laughs> like, we weren't very sure. <laughs> so i made that joke earlier and i they, they, they promised that they would laugh <laughs> the show oh my God. they promised they would laugh they promised they would laugh again oh you guys hold on hold on play he did call you player he did you legit in an <laughs> argument okay, the word so player. i made it back in time and i'm so happy that i got you know sometimes you'll just pass by a conversation you don't know the context the, what is going on but you hear one line and it's gonna have that that just that resignation that is that the word i'm looking for whatever yeah and i walk i'm back at our booth and i just hear way explaining it's like the banner was not on this side it was over there Playa, don't tell me where I was yesterday. And I just, like, I had to bite my lip Dude, and get out of the there. The scariest thing was that, like, okay, Teddy Long's doing this signing with Ron Simmons, right? Dude. So Ron Simmons all of a sudden, like, hears this altercation. He's, like, staring me down. He's giving me, like, Damn. the Ron Simmons, like, doom stare. And I'm like, whoa, he's about, he's about to 
the Dammy right now or something. Damn. But Brian and I were ready to go. We, oh, we were ready. I thought he was going to make you one on one with the Undertaker. But but good ha- uh, way the peacemaker. Good news to report uh, after after like he first of all he wasn't even mad at us. No, no okay. he was he just was upset about the organization. Uh, but then like uh, after like a little while of like you know us talking to our patrons, like Teddy like talks to me again. He's like, hey man, like what exactly like type of podcast do you guys do? Because like we see like you, you have a, a bit of a turnout, and I try to explain. Oh, in fact, you're like, we, we used to do this show called The Law. In fact, you were a guest at one time, and he's like, oh, really? Okay, well, uh, good good for you guys. Keep that up. So, um, anyway, made peace with the uh, former SmackDown general. Man. Squash the beef. Yes. You're good. Yes, yes, yes. So, Everything's all right. That was always drama for the day. That's great. But all turned out well. So, let's let's fast forward to All In. Uh, this, this could be a lengthy show. Now, you guys were set up. Tell us about where you... Because we all ended up... Me and Wei were in this suite uh, through one of our listeners, uh, Jeremy, who uh, him and his friends graciously invited us uh, yeah. to come uh, be a part of their their little group party, and it was a huge help for me. Yeah, Jeremy and, and, and all his, his friends from Wisconsin, thank you guys so much. You, you're practically practically saving this show because uh, we, I guess we would listen. I can honestly really- like I'm not always the big uh, going to a live event kind of person. Um, I typically enjoy staying home and just watching something, getting a better view of it that way. And I thought I'd just be back at the hotel watching this show. I wasn't going to go just sit in the crowd and not be able to take notes and do coverage on the site. So the suite allowed me to go there. And believe me, not getting too far ahead, I'm really glad I got to see the show in person because yeah. I don't think I would have got the full experience just watching this online mm-hmm. uh, on Fight TV or whatever I would have done. So I'm really glad I got to watch this show live. So a big thank you to Jeremy and all his friends who were uh, nice enough to let us join in on them. Well, let me talk to you about my seats. Oh, you no. see, was there when, a big I went, when I went to NXT TakeOver? <laughs> sitting, next, sitting next to Teddy Long? <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> did you have a hard time seeing? Yeah. Oh, you see, I normally sit, see, like, normally we sit, we sit in the fourth row. We sit in the fourth row when we go to wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no. Um, no, so we, we were you back in the generic seats tonight? <laughs> yeah, back in the generic we, seats. We, but were sat, we locked out yeah, again. We we were sat uh, with the tickets that we this got. This was unbelievable. Yeah, so we were sat in. Where, the, where did you start? We sat. We started in the two hundred one, I think. Two or something. Kind yeah, of top like, row of the second deck. Yeah, yes. okay. yeah, and it was great because you get to see everything. Yeah, like yeah. I, I sightlines were really good. At the, yeah, like, yeah, the Sears yeah. Center is not mammoth. It's uh, like compared to the United Center. Shout out to the ramp and stage and everything too. It was great. Yeah. No but, Wi-Fi, but hey, not a, not a perfect building. Um, and and we were sitting there and it was great. And then um, earlier in the day, uh, I made a friend. See friends in high places. Uh, Pierce um, met up with us. Rosin? Uh, uh, no. Oh. Um, he's quite similar. He's uh, from the south side here in Chicago, and he's a great big listener of you guys and of us as well. Yes. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he he was nice enough to hang out with us a little bit before the show, just outside the venue, uh-huh. you know, around the corner. It was great. Got his uh, Twitter information, and then in, about during the Christopher Daniels match, he... Uh, he hit me up again said, hey, do you guys want to come take my old seats? I just upgraded into a suite. And the seats would be right at pretty much near his suite. So me and they were like, well, we can go check it out. So we go a little, little digging and, well, we got these seats. His friend gives us the tickets and everything. Sat in these seats and now we're in section 114 and we have a great view of everything. And uh, but also the guy in the suite behind us, they had so much beer. I think there they had like all you can drink or something. They were selling them off cheap to us, so they were like, 
to get a beer out there is ten dollars. You can have three for he's ten. Like, I'll give you. He's like, oh, I'll give you three. So, and then you have people row in front going, "Hey, so I everyone want saw action. this interaction so, like, and started buying beer off this guy." You guys were like bootlegging beer. Yeah. So the <laughs> this guy beside us is interested in this three beers for ten dollars deal. <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, can I get three beers as well?" The guy selling them thinks that me and David are with this guy and gives this guy all six of our beers. Now, when I turn to get my beer, she says, uh, "I already." gave them to this guy. And I look over, I'm like, oh, uh, some of those beers are ours. He's like, oh, sure. Gives David a beer. Gives me a beer. But where's that third beer? Hmm. It's like a, a pit for, for, for three. And I look at the guy who sold it to me. He's like, dude, I gave him six beers. They're all there. I look back and it's like, uh, yeah, he only uh, gave a, uh, well, he found the third beer eventually and gave oh. it to us. But fast forward through the show, David is explaining to this guy that, uh, you know, we can't drink Two, we can't drink three more beers because we have a podcast to do and record. And he goes, podcast? What kind of podcast do you guys do? Well, you know, we do a show with John and Wade, but we do a show called Up Next. Uh, Up Next? Holy shit. Are you, are you, you, you guys are Brandon. And please don't tell me. Did they call you Brandon? They call me Brandon. He said, please don't talk about how I tried to steal your beer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shout out to God. Nick. Shout out Nick. We got a photo with him But also, I'm wondering, how many British people who live in... Toronto are at this Yeah, show. you explained like, your I life story to this guy. I can't believe he didn't put two and two together right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he said that he somehow found uh, an NXT show on uh, iTunes and hit subscribe and then found everything through there. So, uh, shout out Nick and shout out anyone else who uh, tried to steal my beer tonight. That is uh, amazing. Yeah. So, you just you, you tried to steal from the wrong people. <laughs> so, now we've established where you guys are sitting, I'm in the suite, and then through your hand-me-downs, we get to Way's positioning wow. for the majority of the show. Hey, as generous as as Jeremy and his friends were, I felt really bad for them because they were kind of giving up their seats for the other people. Yeah, we only had a couple invited. of seats in there, and yeah. some of the guys had to stand. So I mean, I mean, I I was like even sitting in the uh, like kind of like where the steps were, and I mean, I I felt it was getting a little bit crowded in there. I mean, you had some some seats that you were giving up that were empty anyway. So I'm like, okay, I'll check them out. No. And then uh, I guess now we have kind of three different perspectives. Three from the arena. Three views. Yeah. I before we get into it, I yeah. just want to ask: Did you notice the guy in front of yeah, you? Yeah, there with was the a kid? guy with in front uh, of the old seat, like directly in front. Yeah, I was like, kind of I to think the side. it was I, his. With the kid, yeah, yeah. He was I laughing at everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think guy. it was his first wrestling show oh, yeah. ever because yeah. it was like every like little thing, like oh no 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 or something like that. He's He's hysterically he's laughing. Stitchy. He seems like an old-time friend. Like, sorry, old-time fan. Because the Savage stuff, he... Oh, he right. Hit, 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 hit on... Is hit the father him. laughing or the kid laughing? Yeah, it's like the a father. Like oh, a the dad, father. Like oh, I was like, if he's Every like other... this in the Matt Cross match, how is he going to react yeah. to, like, seeing the Bucks? Or yeah. Yeah. Like Joey Ryan. He was yeah, busy. the most basic oh. shit. He was like, uh, oh, small package. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. So you got to see that. He as was well. fun. Yeah. Well, he didn't stay for the main event because the the kid had was tired. So. Oh, Damn. Yeah. terrible. He was not all in for oh, five uh, hours. That's number two. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the show. There was so much uh, to tackle here from the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. If we're going to be accurate, and they opened up the doors three hour or sorry two hours before the the pre show before zero hour. And when we got there, the lines for the merchandise were unbelievable. I I hope that we eventually hear what the merchandise figure was for this show because I think it's going to be enormous given uh, the amount there and how much they were willing to spend. I heard a story that on Friday at StarCast, the longest lineup was for the ATM and the ATM ran out of money 
on Friday. This was an audience that came to town to spend money every single day. That is amazing to me. Wow. I can't imagine how much money was spent on wrestling t-shirts this weekend. Yeah. Probably through the roof. Uh, just an amazing total that they probably brought in. So huh. uh, also worth noting is that by the time this you know, quote-unquote pre-show, I know they didn't promote it as such, but it was a pre-show. This entire arena was full by the time mm-hmm. that they were ready to start. Like This was a crowd that could not wait for the show to start. They were chanting ahead of time. They were doing the, the Terminator stomp. Yep, chanting SCU. Oh, this uh, was, you knew this was going to be a lively crowd yeah. from the minute, like there was such anticipation uh, for this show uh, being in that building. And then at five o'clock local time, the Being the Elite theme song hits, Cody and the Young Bucks come out, the first of, I don't know how many standing ovations on this show. Mm-hmm. This was a crowd that loved to stand up. This crowd is crazy all night. Yeah. Can we chat a bit about the, maybe the set and what your guy's impression was? Like I what? thought pretty high end yeah. for yeah. What, what, what I was expecting. It had lights up the ramp. It had yeah. a stage. It had like... Even like the banner going round, which would yeah. normally be like Monday Night Raw or whatever. Yeah, it, it was, was all in. It was a total... It had like, a Tron. They had, uh, they had replays. They had everything. They had replays. They had... I mean... I even like the interstitials in between matches. Like I thought, man, there's gonna be that awkward dead time. It's gonna be like, how much of a live event experience will this be? Like seamless. Like I thought they produced a really good show. Yeah, especially live. I mean, we can't yes. really speak on the. Well, on that's the, what I'm saying home. is, I think it would have been easy to you know pay per view. You throw to videos that we don't get to see in the arena, yeah, like yeah. little stuff like that that yeah. they would have had hiccups. I didn't notice any of that. So we're talking about the live experience. Obviously, we can't talk about, you know, I've heard some people complain about sound issues. and Early on, there was definitely, like, like sound mixing problems. We saw the uh, Alicia Tout interview with Kenny Omega where it sounds like they used the, the, the camera microphone. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't hear any more backstage interviews for the rest of the show. So I don't know if any were We had dropped. backstage segments shot, but not Not, not interviews. Like yeah, yes. we only saw Alicia Tout once mm-hmm. um, with the Kenny Omega interview. Yeah, a lot of streaming problems at the beginning with Fight, and it sounded like Honor Club had some problems, but... I would say an hour into the show, they seem to be rectified. But again, we, we're in the arena, so I'm kind of following on Twitter. But it did seem like there were some streaming issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go into a- any other kind of impressions early on before we go into the matches. Pyro, I thought. That Yo, was kind Pyro, of yeah. They had Pyro. They had the, the crazy stage. Like see, Everything was great. See, they had Pyro. And then you had Cody come out here, essentially just like say, oh, who wants? Uh, Cody and the Bucks came out. And they're like, who wants Pyro? And they let the pyro out before the actual show, or was it during the broadcast at the pyro? I think this is because remember this is on um, WGN. Yeah, I got the impression that they were maybe starting at five after because they came out. I can't imagine this segment was live. They came out and and Matt had said that we only have ninety seconds before the show starts. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what was live and what was not. And then they introduced Road Warrior Animal. Mm-hmm. Who came out on a motorcycle? Uh, didn't have any snapbacks on or any hats or anything. <laughs> but anyway, he uh, revved up the motorcycle. Of course, being in Chicago, I I thought throughout this show they had a nice use of certain like legends, like the way they used Magnum TA and Tully for Tessa's entrance. It wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't like that was the focus. The focus was on today's talent, tomorrow's talent, mm-hmm. and they had a few, like, sprinkles of legends. And Road Warrior Animal just, like, kind of kicking off the show. I thought they made a, a joke, yeah. They were like, hey, w- w- this is, don't you bring out legends or something? Yeah, let's do that. And then they just called them out. So it was like they were kind of poking fun at it, breaking the fourth Much wall, kind of, of the show, I would say. The yeah. sense of humor was very much yeah. uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of poking fun at that, what the WWE Exactly, yes. Yeah. 
The first match was Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky against the Briscoe Brothers. So Kazarian and Scorpio Sky are the first guys out. And they're dressed up as Rocky Balboa and Scorpio Sky as Apollo Creed. SCU was so popular. So popular. Starting from StarCast, when they uh, kind of walked through our, our podcast. Give them uh, the rub. Uh, yes, that's right. But I mean, it's just it's infectious, you know, chanting SCU. Uh, certainly more over than I've seen them even at Ring of Honor shows. Yeah, it's so funny that you watch Being the Elite and you think this is building up to some big thing about, you know, these guys ha- hating Chicago and maybe they'll face some, like, Chicago tag team or something. And now it's like they do the worst town ever catchphrase, yeah. and it's a babyface line. And yeah. it is so over. Like it's as over as like you know, like, like it's like it's it's, it's their oh you didn't know, like man, yeah. That was the most over I've ever seen them. Yeah, ever. yeah. And Scorpio Sky looked amazing as yeah. Apollo Creed. I hope, they, <laughs> I, hope, I hope they keep those trunks. Yeah, and this was an audience as well that like they were ready to enjoy the show. They hated the Briscoes. They knew what the story was, mm-hmm. and they just booed the Briscoes so vociferously as they came out. Uh, early on, they got the heat on Scorpio Sky, who was the <laughs> clear babyface at the start. I thought Scorpio Sky looked really good in this match. I mm-hmm. thought this was uh, one of his better outings. Uh, Kazarian did this cool combination with a European clutch while then grabbing Jay with a Northern Light suplex at the same time. Uh, SCU then applied simultaneous dragon sleepers, and the Briscoes uh, used an eye gouge to escape. And then the Briscoes, as they got the advantage, they lifted up Kazarian for the Doomsday device. But then Kazarian uh, caught the one Briscoe coming off the top into like this power slam. Flux that was insane. Yeah. yeah. It's like this finisher, right? The yeah. flux capacitor. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It does counter. basically the flux capacitor off the shoulders. Crazy. Uh, and also kind of tying into like the Road Warriors as yeah. well in mm-hmm. Chicago for the opener. So yeah. Kazarian and Scorpio Sky win off of that spot 12 minutes, 34 seconds. You know, not by any stretch match of the night or anything, but I thought this was like a fine opening match that the crowd was super hot for, and you put the baby faces over that uh, going into it, you knew were going to be pretty popular on this show. Yeah, honestly, like, uh, this was the match I did. Like, it was a, you go to a WWE show, and you know, like, I skip the dark matches now. I hang out at the bar and get a drink during those matches. The crowd was crazy for this, and the match was had some crazy spots, so I was into it. I got the first five minutes, I was like, oh, I don't really care about this match and then I'm, they sucked me in and I was there it was great yeah yeah that that power slam spot especially <laughs> yeah, I've not seen top, anything yeah. like that and it was perfectly timed yeah. and awesome and that really got the crowd going I haven't seen much of Scorpio Sky I just haven't been ca- super caught up and I thought he impressed me I would like to see more of he him. looked really good in the yeah. match I thought to me, I thought I thought the whole match was like it was a good match, but like you, John, I mean, I didn't think it was necessarily a main event level type started, of match. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't need to. No, be. Was, you had so many match. of those on this card. But what really stood out was just this amazing crowd, man. Like it felt like even yeah. these guys just doing all the moves that they usually do. Everything is elevated when you have a hard crowd that is incredibly supportive and reacts big to everything. So. Yeah, and given the the apparent audio issues, this is probably a match that the live crowd would have enjoyed more than the people mm-hmm. watching on WGN yeah. America. Yeah, then uh, this was when Alicia Tout interviewed Kenny Omega. It was very hard to hear in the building. Uh, I think at one point Omega referred to TNA and just essentially saying that he wants to have a match for the ages with uh, Pentagon L Zero as he was billed on this show. The, one of his many different monikers. The gag I believe they, they tried to do was uh, they panned down and noticed and you saw Alicia spreading her legs like standing, yes, doing the Tom Phillips she was uh, doing the Tom Phillips thing. thing. Yeah, and I think Kenny commented that, oh, here, you don't have to pretend that you're shorter than me, or that much shorter than me. (laughs) And this was the only time we saw her do an interview on the show, so I don't know if they pulled them over audio issues for timing, or... 
they just didn't shoot a whole lot of them. Yeah, I mean, well, it felt like a lot of the other matches kind of had con content that was shot in the style of being the elite, which didn't require an interviewer, so I wonder how much her role was supposed to be anyway. Uh, the second and final match on the WGN America portion was the over-budget Battle Royal. This featured Colt Cabana, Shane Helms as the Hurricane, Jordan Grace, Billy Gunn, Moose, Chucky e. T, Trent Beretta, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, Rocky Romero, Billy Gunn's son, Austin Gunn, who was uh, dressed exactly like oh, his father. Oh, so, so confused. I had no idea who that was. They only announced him yesterday, yeah. so I imagine a lot of people were confused. This is not a very well-known performer either, mm -hmm. uh, Billy Gunn's son. I was so confused. Yeah, I, I was like, what is it? I'm, and he's doing his dad's that. gimmick. We were, we were actually arguing and I was who, going, who was who. Where's Billy Gunn? And yeah. you were like, he's there in the pink. And I was like, well, who's that in the red then? And you're like, And I was like, no, 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 that's Billy Gunn. And he's like, no, it's not. And then the guy does his like classic uh, hip toss into the neck breaker. And I'm like, no, see, that is Billy Gunn. And then Billy Gunn later is the famouser and he's like no that's Billy Gunn I was so confused uh, it also had Punishment Martinez Tommy Dreamer Cheeseburger Brandon Cutler and one of Rocky Romero's masked luchador cousins oh that's who they built it as they, that's who they were right. yeah they set up on being the elite so this was the cousin and then Bully Ray came down to join the Battle Royale mm -hmm. uh, with Dalton Castle on commentary and man did he get a giant chant um, mm. on commentary during the show. So I'm like watching this whole show. I'm trying to gauge like what this audience, you know, typically watches. And it seemed like this show would make reference to kind of WWE things. And this audience would understand it. They would make reference to Ring of Honor things. This audience would totally understand it. And obviously New Japan things and being the elite things. And this audience got everything. So th we're talking about a crowd that seems to watch and be aware of everything. Yeah. They were super into everything yeah. here. And this, this match was crazy because there's just so many people in it. Yeah. So many different spots that were so much fun. Fun. I loved it. And we should mention the commentary team was Ian Riccoboni, Don Callis, and it seemed like Excalibur was out there for most of it. I, he was there for the whole was show. Was he there yeah. for the whole yeah. show? Okay, because yeah. I heard very good reviews of mm -hmm. the commentary, so I'd like to go back and watch some of this with the commentary. It's I'm just, a big fan of Excalibur, so I was glad he was on this. It's a really interesting team because like you, you kind of have Two somebody, play -by -play guys. somebody from all facets of, you know, like what all the promotions I just mentioned. You know, you have Callis obviously not only representing New Japan, but but TNA, yep. Riccoboni with, with Ring of Honor. Uh, and and uh, uh, Excalibur kind of representing maybe the greater independent scene. Yeah. yeah. So there was, first of all, I really liked how they booked this battle royal. It was really intricate because everybody got a big moment everybody. in the battle yeah. royal. And that is like a lot of thought went into this battle royal. It started off with Bully Ray taking the masked luchador to the floor and power bombing him through a table. And that's where he remained throughout uh, ninety-five percent of the match. Uh, Dreamer and Billy Gunn did the spot where everyone was on the floor and they teased dives, but instead they just stepped through the ropes and did axe handles off the off the apron for a, a fun part. Uh, Marco Stunt, I forgot to mention, he was in this as well. He got this big spot, drop kicking Moose, and then like this guy. This was the guy off of uh, Joey Janela's Lost in New York show who got booked off of his performance right. uh, in that with uh, Kyle the Beast and. This guy just works, he's so tiny that he works off these giant bases like Brian Cage or Moose really effectively. He is the type of guy that you don't need to know anything about because yeah. visually it, it, it's... It, this it is what he did at Joey Janela's show. Yeah. No one knew him. He got over instantly. Mm -hmm. And what, what did you guys think of him? Yeah, he looks like a little kid and then he's doing like 
crazy satellite DDTs and head scissors and crazy things off the top. Like, and even just seeing him thrown about, he gets thrown about yeah, he's like, a like no one else. When Bully Ray threw, uh, Bully yeah. Ray eliminated him, I thought he was going to throw him into the front row. He looked like he got tossed in. Right, yeah. He launched this wow. little guy. It was incredible. I need to see more of him. I need to see more of Marco Stunt. Mm -hmm. He's gonna like he's starting to get booked a lot yeah, off, good that, for him. off that uh, game changer yeah. show and further with this. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Cutler was eliminated next. Beretta and Chucky e. T built up to a hug spot, and then Punishment Martinez eliminated them. Romero did the forever clotheslines, uh, which were very funny the way mm -hmm. he was delivering them, and then got nailed by Brian Cage, and he was dumped out. Shane Helms got the choke slam, Punishment Martinez and Cage, big pop for that. And then Page, Ethan Page and Helms were on the edge of the apron. Ethan eliminated Helms, and then Colt Cabana sent Page to the floor. Dreamer did the bionic elbow for Dusty, uh, but then got tossed out after Bully Ray hit him with a garbage can shot to the head. Uh, Billy Gunn then eliminated Jacobs. Austin Gunn eliminated Martinez. And that's when we got to uh, Jordan Grace. Uh, her big kind of moment was with Brian Cage. They exchanged these power bombs. She took a buckle bomb. And then it was Grace clotheslining Cage over the top. This was one of the biggest pops on the show this is so crazy. far. I, I, yeah. I love her. She's fantastic. Like she, They square off with Brian Cage, who's like huge. He's massive. He's jacked. And then she, she's, she's taking all these bumps, and then she like turns around and gets it on him. It was, like I said, this was a really fun match. This got me super into the show. Uh, I love that spot. Her eliminating him was crazy. Yeah, she got the elimination spot, and then her and Colt Cabana did the uh, the was up spot to Bully Ray, which was kind of <laughs> funny. And then uh, Grace is eliminated by Bully Ray, so Cabana and Bully are left together, and everyone's starting to notice the mass luchador is still down there on the floor. So Bully tosses Cabana out, and then the masked man returns, takes off the mask. It's Flip Gordon, and he tosses Bully out to win the match. Seventeen minutes and three seconds. I just thought this was such a well-booked battle royal. It put a light on every single participant. Everyone got a little something to it. And you got the payoff to this story. The Flip Gordon won the battle royal. He gets onto All In at the end. I thought it was incredibly entertaining and, and incredible, incredibly great use of your nostalgia acts with your modern-day guys. Um, I feel like so many, you know... Uh, like, a lot of Royal Rumbles, I feel like, have a lot of kind of dud participants where uh, they, they're in and out and I don't notice all that much about them. I feel like I can name uh, a, a unique characteristic about every single person in this match or something that they did, whether it be them them being giants or them being smaller guys and underdogs or, or them being nostalgia acts doing their signature moves. Uh, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I, th I thought it worked for the match, Billy and his, and his kid doing, like, some spots together, but... If his kid's like really serious about it, with it, which it seems like he is, he's got ditched that gimmick. Yeah, I would say that fell flat. I think a lot of the uh, the Jimmy Jacobs uh, things felt, fell yeah, flat. Yeah, he was out like with the zombie princess yeah. getting up and everything. Yeah, yeah, he Moose really had no other than the elimination by Marco Stunt. Like yeah. Moose was kind of just an afterthought in the match. But overall, I liked how I thought, they didn't just eliminate people quickly either. They they waited a while to get rid of people mm -hmm. and. Which gave everyone the yeah, little it, moment. It, it made it have a story almost. Yeah, it was good. The flip thing, like we were talking about, who we thought would win the battle royal, and I think a lot, of, like you and I chose Colt, or Colt, didn't we? Yeah, well, we were basing it on so, the annou the announced participants. Well, too. I mean, Flip is. I mean, I, I I think I I think a lot of people probably would have expected Flip to be in something like this, but I feel like that's almost such an obvious choice to have him win this and go into the battle royal. Having said that, though. Nobody, nobody complained at all. Like everybody was happy to see this guy yeah. win and go on to face Jay Lethal and made for an awesome match. 
Then we go on to the pay-per-view and it kicked off with a unannounced match. We got MJF taking on Matt Cross, AKA Son of Havoc from Lucha Underground. It started off with MJF offering his hand and then kicking Matt Cross in the gut. Uh, Cross, I, I thought Matt Cross, like he's a very underrated talent that I think because of where he wrestles on Lucha Underground, he doesn't get a whole lot of focus. Uh, he landed the Sasuke special to the floor, got a hot reaction, and then he started selling his left arm after it was attacked. So all of his offense was just using the right arm, including this handspring into the corner that he did off of one arm. MJF continued to attack the arm. He missed a moonsault and then Cross sprung off the ropes using his shoulders, hit a cutter, shooting star press to win the opener in 10 minutes, six seconds. I thought it was a... A, a decent match. However, I, I mean, for me, it kind of slowed at parts. Um, but per, maybe, maybe off, you know, really because I didn't really have that much anticipation for this match, nor I felt like MJF was sort of somebody that they wanted to really push on this show through uh, Cody's uh, All Us uh, uh, vignettes. Um, however, like, I can't really say coming out of this, he made that big of an impression on me. He, it was a good match, but it just kind of felt weak in terms of star power, and as a result, somewhat forgettable. Yeah, I actually, this was the only match I didn't care for. Uh, I've seen Matt Cross many, many times at Smash Wrestling in Toronto, and he's fantastic. Uh, this was, I was just like, this is what they're opening with. I was like, but, but, but why? It was, it was still a good match, but I just... Well, especially once we get to the ending of how close they were cutting it, this was a match that this show did maybe, not need. Maybe they didn't need that match, yeah. It felt, yeah, an odd match to kick the show off with. I think you should have maybe switched it round with one of the pre-show matches, either the Battle Royal or the yeah, SCU match. Yeah, it was strange, because the like, Battle Royal was, like, super, super Because hot it wasn't was a hot, like... It was unannounced to start with, I so. mean, remember, though, that, like, the WGM <laughs> matches had to be good, because it, like, it was advertised. Yes, yeah, true. I just think they could have maybe got rid this, of this that's match. That's probably my only criticism, really, was mm. this Like, match. it wasn't bad. It just felt a bit flat to kick yeah, the actual yeah. show. So many other, of the other matches, I would say, kind of had some some form of anticipation built into it, whether it be by storyline or the fact that it was right. different, like the women's match. Yeah. This didn't really have either. Uh, so we did have one other backstage interview. I forgot about this. We had Sean Mooney interview Nick Aldis backstage, right. and Aldis just took over. He called Mooney one of the greatest of all time and then put over the significance of the NWA championship, and he's not going to allow Cody the chance to take his first step in immortality by winning tonight. Uh, Nick Aldis, like, this has been the best run of his career by leaps and bounds, in my opinion, is the stuff with the NWA. I'm really glad that he got mic time, because, like, I'm sure a lot of people didn't get to see him do uh, a lot of his stuff on, on the uh, 10 Pounds of Gold series. Uh, this was, like, a, a bit, good, good bit of showcase, and it's nice to see Sean Mooney get, get some uh, screen time as well. Second match of the pay-per-view, Stephen Amell, Toronto's own, versus Christopher Daniels. And one of the biggest pops was... The announcement of the referee, Jerry Lynn, for this match. Uh, so they come out. They traded chops at the beginning. Each is taking turns, uh, walking over the other, trying to embarrass each other. They went to the floor, and they introduced a table really early on. And it was just set up on the floor, and they teased some spots going through the table. Daniels ended up getting placed into the corner, and Stephen Amell landed a coast-to-coast dropkick for a big reaction. Daniels recovered quickly, hit the BME for a two count, and then Daniels got knocked to the apron, rolled onto the table, like very blatantly, 
and it was to lure Stephen Amell that he was on this table. And then Stephen Amell jumped off the top, missing Daniels, and he crashes through the table, leading to a chant of broken arrow <laughs> at Stephen Amell. Lynn refused to count them out, so he rolled them back into the ring. Daniels got into Lynn's face, threw his shirt at him. That led to a roll-up spot for a two-count. And then Amell got his lone convincing near-fall after a bridge blocking the Angels' wings, and Daniels recovered, finishing him with the BME at 11 minutes, 44 seconds. Um, I, I thought, given how many matches Stephen Amell had, he had a fine showing for mm-hmm. himself. Um, I just thought they, they kind of laid this match out to be pretty much like even between these two and I just thought it was I thought it was fine like it was um, I thought maybe they, they put more into it than it needed to be yeah I mean I think on a show like this uh, a match like this uh, I mean your expectations going in are that Steven and the build up was weird like let's be honest like they had yeah. like Daniels presented in this one light and Amel was like hardly this like baby face that no. they were presenting like it was a weird kind of story to get around but the match went as I expected with with Daniels playing the heel um, and I mean I think Amel certainly looked good for a celebrity but it wasn't necessarily the type of match where you, you'd watch and say wow you have to see this match you know it felt like a Shane McMahon match to me where it's like yeah. he got a lot of you know not as good as a Shane not McMahon as match good no Shane relies on a lot of hardcore well, stuff no it, it had nowhere near the risk of a Shane McMahon yeah. match but also one where <laughs> they were gonna go through a lot of smoke and mirrors in the match to but get not, it over I didn't even find they did enough of that you know? um, well it was it was to me. It was like they were booking it as like a fifty-fifty match between these two. I think it went a bit longer than it needed to, even though it was only under twelve minutes. Um, you know, not a bad match, but not a great match by any stretch. And shout out to uh, Christopher Daniels' knee pad, which was Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people are saying he was going to dress up as Hawkeye because it's the essentially the Arrow, but Marvel Hawkeye. Yeah. For, you know, from the Avengers, and he had it on his knee pad, which I thought was very good. I mean, he's showing that Marvel is truly better than DC. It really is. Afterwards, Amel and Christopher Daniels shook hands. They buried the hatchet, and the audience applauded both men for their performance. And then we go to the four-way women's match. Britt Baker versus Chelsea Green versus Madison Rain versus Tessa Blanchard. I really like the entrance here for Tessa, where you had Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA there um, at the sides on the, uh, the, the entranceway. And Tessa was really popular here. I would say of all the... Impact personalities, which I don't consider Pentagon and Phoenix Impact performers. Do you even consider Tessa Blanchard an Impact person? I do. I do consider her one. Yeah. I mean, she's her champion right now, and that's. But I mean, she also made her name kind of outside of Impact first too, right? Uh, I think she's made it her most though in Impact. Like that's the first place people are seeing her on TV now. So, um, yeah, no, I I thought she was like this was the audience was most into her. I thought Mm -hmm. during this match, Chelsea Green also came out as kind of her. Like, hot mess character as well, yeah. but wearing wrestling gear, too. Um, so this match, it kind of began where it was like they were all just, like, taking turns, doing their spots with, with one another. But it was getting over with the crowd very well. Green was uh, using her unprettier onto Madison Rain and then would uh, later use it as well. Rain came back with a crucifix bomb onto Blanchard. Uh, several saves here. And this was where we got after a Canadian destroyer was delivered by Chelsea Green. The audience got up, a, a standing ovation, and they're chanting all in. And as they're like on their feet, out of nowhere, Tessa caught Green and pinned her. And the audience just seemed very confused that the finish came out of that, like they were still absorbing the last big yeah. Canadian destroyer spot. It, it was confusing because the finish 
it, the count to three came as the other two was were coming in to break up the pinfall, and it totally felt like it was supposed to be a near fall that might have been late. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought yeah, as I well. Yeah, so too. Um, yeah, it felt like a late kick out, or mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it wasn't supposed to be the finish or something. That's kind of the impression that you get, whether or not intentional. I don't know why you would do that intentionally. If it's if it that was the case, it's rather unfortunate because these 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 ladies were, were were in the process of like really impressing this audience and like. The, the kind of delivering the tough task of you know living representing women on a card that's completely male dominated and they were doing a really great job with a lot of big moves which I think was needed uh, but like it really entertained this crowd yeah I, I like the match it got it got really over to this audience like they really enjoyed this and this was again where after the match all four just hugged and kind of curtain call yeah it was very much this was like up and down the card for a lot of these matches where it was almost like more of like a they performed yep. for the crowd and then they like took their bows to the to the audience like the opponents and it was like okay the the conflict part is over and now we're just kind of uh taking in our applause Which for I our... think it's fine for, for this, this is... kind of show. I mean I was saying to you like I wasn't like I was excited about the whole thing but I in a different way to I would say a WWE show because it's not that storyline driven no. it's more these are all matches built up for we this. know are going to be really no next cool. Step it's, an in, it's an indie show. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you go to an indie show, you don't necessarily know all the storylines getting, getting going into the matches. No, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so I was absolutely fine with them taking their moment. Yeah, I thought this was a great match. I think uh, Tessa needs to be signed because she's, she's like super clean in everything she was doing. Well, she's actually. been signed. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well... Uh, I, I thought I thought this was really fun actually, um, and hot mess as well. I've seen a bit of her in Impact, and I kind of hated her character, and then I kind of watched her evolve a little bit. And this was like a she, she's a really good she's yeah great, I yeah think. I think she's just finding it in a sweet spot now where it's just a bit of of her actual self and the the character and putting it together is is quite quite fun to watch. So I I'd, I'd be interested in seeing more of her. Oh yeah. Was anyone surprised that the placement uh, next was Nick Aldis, Cody, viscerally in the show? I think it turned out well where it was, but uh, this was definitely early in the show that yeah. you were putting out a major match because this entrance for Cody was huge. Like, that was like a massive, like, babyface entrance into this building. Uh, when when Fat Ass Masa and Chico El Luchador <laughs> get a huge reaction just by being shown on the screen, I mean, <laughs> imagine what Cody would... Yeah. yeah, it didn't really. I got me. goosebumps from the entrance. Like, this this was entrance just, was so awesome. But jeez, like, so like, yeah, like if you if you watch the the, the ten pounds of gold series, he announced that he would be walking out with you know, um, DDP, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Ray, Glacier, Glacier, uh, as well as his father in law, his brother in law, and his dog, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, yeah. Uh, and so I think I expected all that stuff, but even so, the visual of seeing it, so doing, the, cool. doing the MMA uh, backstage entrance. It reminded me of Dusty Rhodes. Oh, so fucking great, It man. reminded me of, like, the they, clips. They Dusty, cut to yeah. the back, and they did the walk yeah. backstage. And you can, like, Cody is like, he looks like he's on the verge of, like, <laughs> tears that's at what the got, emotion. That's what got me, was just seeing the look on Cody's face, knowing, like, what exactly must be going through his head right now. Walking with my father's best friends into the show that I helped produce right. all by myself, like it, it, it's it got to be overwhelming. Yeah. This entrance was so awesome, and then to contrast it, he comes down, he's wished you know well by DDP and everyone around him, 
And then you cut to Nick Aldis, who this crowd hated. <laughs> and he comes out with Jeff, Nine Lives Jarrett, who gets <laughs> on to the biggest show of the year. What's the significance of, of his, his entourage? I think it's know, just like, you know, friends? I really didn't understand the Sean Devari attachment. <laughs> with, with Jarrett, I can see like the, the NWA, NWA title, title lineage. I mean, the NWA is going to be doing a show in Nashville in October. It wouldn't surprise it, Like Fight, is, Fight TV is involved with that. So kind of that's... I'm assuming there's got to be something personal. But he's a former NWA champion. I have no problem with Jared being there. When I think of that title, I I watched a lot of TNA in those years, and he had that title. He was like the Triple H. Yeah. Sean Sean Devari, honestly, I really didn't see the connection. It's got to be personal. Because, like, we wouldn't have known the Glacier or uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer connection either. Uh, Yeah. Did did you spot anyone else, like, that was in that entourage? There was somebody else. Yeah, I I don't remember now, but... Yeah, anyway, they came up. None of the seconds stuck around. They all went to the back. But man, by the t- before this bell even rung, this should be the goal of any major promotion for their world title match to have this kind of feeling. Yeah. For like, this felt like such an important match. Dude. By the time this match started, the fucking the, I, this was by the time I I got out there for this match and. Oh, the this rea- place was buzzing. The reaction I felt was like similar to uh, Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendes, which like to this day is the loudest reaction I've ever been a part of in in, in front of a live audience. This like Cody is coming into the show as the hero, as the man responsible, but even more so than the Young Bucks for this entire thing. Mm-hmm. So the whole world right now is watching him, cheering this man on because everybody wants to see him have a hero heroic moment at as the end of the show. As a babyface that he has not been playing. Like, he was phenomenal as a babyface yeah, He hasn't in been this. playing it in wrestling and not, not New Japan or Ring of Honor, but like, the real life Cody Rhodes is yeah. very much a babyface story. Him interacting on Twitter with 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 the fans, you know, him like having these press conferences, you know, ta- just like him being the real life Cody Rhodes is the best babyface build he could have had. It was it was incredible. I I keep thinking of the entrance right now, but you're I'm thinking of the beginning of the match. The bell rings and just everyone in the the Seer Center stood up and just went fucking ape mm-hmm. shit for like it was insane it I was felt so it, loud it didn't even matter what the quality of the match was going to be yeah. it was that just buzz that, moment, that everyone exactly. just it was like a Hogan. wanted to be there yeah. it was like it, a Hogan match yeah. where like just like, yeah. they're just staring off and they're looking around it's like that's that. and I know Cody always says on Twitter that his favorite match is Rock and Hogan mm-hmm. and that famously when they do the stare like they look past each other and they look through the crowd they were doing that mm-hmm. during this exactly just like that yeah. Earl Hebner was the referee for this match and had to go over the rules and I guess Earl had a bit of a struggle here because oh. <laughs> he got a big um and there was a part where Cody just starts <laughs> smiling and he pats Earl on the back like it's okay Earl we're gonna get through this honestly I I don't want the referee of the match to sound all that eloquent. Wait, like it's no, yeah, but, but like Earl ended up like talking about some like I've known both of you for a long time. Oh, is that what he said? Like, yeah, yeah. he made it personal. He added some personal, yeah. like, <laughs> which hey, like yeah, it was. Wish it, you both the best of luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a big fight field, and yeah, they yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they hit it on the head for sure. They, they got the it. great choosing of the referees throughout the, yeah. whole, the whole. Oh, show. I'm sure they would have yeah. if he was like physically able to do it. They would have wanted like Tommy Young, like the famous NWA mm. official, to oh. do this. But I just, I don't think he can do it anymore. But Earl was you know the next best choice I would say for an NWA title match. Uh, so they they begrudgingly shake hands at the beginning. Uh, Cody hits a suicide dive early on and tees the crossroads early. That gets stopped. And Cody goes for this springboard, and he leaps to the floor and gets nailed with a forearm. 
and Cody was down for the longest time. DDP returns to go check on Cody. This they, they flashed the X, too. Yeah, they're trying to make this seem like he can't continue. So Sean Davari comes down, shoves DDP, and then Sean Davari gets an Earl Hebner's face, leading to a diamond cutter spot that removes Sean Davari and DDP from the mix. What I really like is that like you didn't have any type of shenanigans with like somebody trying to attack one of the participants of the match behind their backs. They kept this like completely clean and kind yeah. of pure. You know, in the in the match, yeah. Cody comes back into the ring and he is bleeding uh, significantly from from this uh, forearm strike on the floor. And Cody fights back. He misses with a top rope moonsault, and all this is taking over. The audience began singing, "Cody is the best." Cody number one <laughs> again, like which was a re- reminder to me that this is an audience that pays attention to modern day WWE because that Lan- Lana song is a total brand yeah. new thing. They did a Texas Cloverleaf applied by Aldis spot, and Cody gets to the rope, and he's holding onto Brandy's hand, and he's just playing like he's got like nothing left in this match. And Aldis continues to beat him down, hits a pile driver to the point that Brandy comes in and is checking on Cody. Aldis climbs to the top rope. He hits an elbow drop to the back of Brandy. <laughs> on top of Cody. On top yeah. of Cody. So Brandy is done. She is out on the floor. Cody is trying to get to his feet. He's losing a lot of blood. And then he comes back with the disaster kick, crossroads, and Aldis kicks out. Place is going nuts. Aldis blocks the Din's fire and attempts a sunset flip. But Cody hooks the legs. This was the same Bret Hart British Bulldog finish from Wembley Stadium. And he holds him down, gets the three count, and... They don't play his music right away. They just let the audience like react to the title win. It went 22 minutes, three seconds. And, you know, I wrote in my report that I can see people not naming this their match of the night because of what was to follow. But for atmosphere, for buzz, I thought this match was awesome. And there's part of me that thought this was my favorite match on the show. It might not have been like bell to bell the best match, but for the actual atmosphere, I, I just thought this match was tremendous. Uh, it even had All In by Downstate as the video package theme It song. even overcame that to have such a tremendous uh, performance. From, from beginning to end, it was like kind of like emotional. When I first got into wrestling, my, my thing was to do is just watch all old wrestling. And I watched a lot of Dusty Rose match and matches, and this kind of felt like that kind of style. Like, it, was totally- it was that old school wrestling style. And yeah, the crowd made it seem just... Uh, I enjoyed this so much. I like, I teared up at yeah, the end. Like, like I was getting was, emotional for like, like you this can match. see sort of Brandy's reaction at the end. She was like genuine tears. Yeah. At oh, the end. when like, Cody's handed the title, away. he's in tears. Yeah, that shot. And, I, yeah, amazing. Like that always gets me because you know it's such, and especially with like the history mm-hmm. with his this, dad. This, and that this was my favorite match on the show. There. It's it's quite amazing because I, I I feel like it's the most relevance the NWA title has had exactly. in years, including a lot of TNA. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, like for sure. Matches, and and I think it, it can only be done with somebody like a Cody Rhodes. Yeah, like that belt on anybody else in the modern scene did, didn't really matter. And I I really enjoyed this match too because it was slower paced. It was, but like, 
I think it was exactly booked for that feel, mm-hmm. to feel like it could have taken place in the time when Cody's father was wrestling. Yeah. All the moves that they did, neither of these two are flashy wrestlers. Like, it, you know, like Nick Aldis' uh, moveset is very basic. Cody's moveset is pretty basic. Uh, I wouldn't say it, he did a suicide dive. I don't usually see Cody Rhodes do suicide dives. Yeah, did he do a suicide dive? Yeah. I didn't even notice it, but like... Crazy. Um, I love, though, this match getting that reaction that, like, why would you need to do more than you yeah. than you did? Like, this yeah. told such a great story with what they had. So, like, it was great. At the same time, I don't know if this could have been in the main event. I think in terms of heat, it could have. But I wonder, you know, if you're, you're talking about an audience that had seen four hours of wrestling prior, would this still have received yeah. that reaction? Keep in mind, too, this took 22 minutes to do, which yep. we know the main event didn't have. Yeah, it's a great point. Like, this could have been in a spot where they would have had to shave this off significantly. But I, I, it worked. It worked in this totally spot. Worked, and yeah. yeah. In terms of offering variation on a card that had comedy to come, had hardcore to come, I mean, I love... This loved, was your drama. I love that this existed here. Yeah. This was storytelling. Yes. Yeah. Some people like wrestling because of the match quality. Yeah. Some people like comedy in their wrestling. And some people like storytelling. And this was storytelling. And, and again, I, don't, I, th- I think it needs to be stated like... A lot of credit to uh, Lightning One, David Lagana, and Billy Corgan for doing a great job. Of those videos like set the scene right. for this. That, like without those, that, this does not have that yeah. feel to it. I, I think there would have been a lot of negativity for this match. To be honest, that this was on this card because Nick Aldis was very cold before when that match was announced. People were thinking like Flip's gonna beat Nick yeah. Aldis for the title and he'll face yeah. Cody I on this show. Too. We yeah. both thought and that too. And look what yeah. they did. Look what they took a match that was like very minimal interest and they made it one of like the must-see sh- matches on the show because of the storytelling that they did in those videos to build it up they did a tremendous job uh the nightmare family is out celebrating cody is with brandy and yeah this was just a really really well done start to finish presentation shout out to his dog pharaoh for not pooping in the entrance <laughs> yeah i know cody was very nervous about having his dog who has a lot of anxiety and uh, this dog uh, pharaoh he did a great job so shout out pharaoh Hangman Page, they showed backstage he's having flashbacks to <laughs> the murder. This was the only way to follow that yeah, match. Yeah, of course. Like, this was the perfect yeah. use of Joey Janela and Hangman Page. It really was. Like, like, I thought it was the best thing to follow. After the emotional high, like, I remember there's, like, Brett, Brett and Austin, WrestleMania 13. I always remember that, because when, when I watch that show, the match that followed at, followed it after is, like, this, like, hardcore match. Dude, what a fo- Chicago street fight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They followed with a Chicago uh, street with, fight. With Simmons, shout out to Ron Simmons who uh, uh, intimidated me today. Uh, <laughs> and like it was just a match where people just hit each other over the head with shit. And I thought it was the most I ever enjoyed one of those plunder matches. Cause like after going through an emotional high, you just want to hear see people hit, hit like be, use weapons and shit. So Hangman Page is having the flashback, and then he gets woken up by Nick Jackson, who's producing this, <laughs> saying, "You got to get to Gorilla. Your match is next." And Hangman Page was like going to attack Nick because it was just so bizarre. Because like when I when you're watching this YouTube series, it feels like it's so personal. It's like, oh, these guys are shooting this on their cell phone. Like I'm watching it. I'm I'm one of like several like few people. I'm sitting in an arena of ten thousand people <laughs> right. watching highlights of this YouTube storyline of a man murdering another dude. And talking to his boots. It was bizarre. <laughs> Wrestling. Wrestling's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> so we got Joey Janela and Hangman Page. Our second one, uh, week in a row of watching a Joey Janela yes, match. Yes, we, we, uh, we went to the Smash show, yeah. The audience is all chanting Joey Killer at Hangman uh-huh. as he's uh, making his way to the ring and starting the match. They take off this, like, um, this black, uh, like, cover 
to reveal an actual Cracker Barrel. Oh my God, huge pop. It was that, amazing. Uh, yeah. The reveal of this was so great. And then yeah. they did barrel spots uh, using... Do, uh, do a barrel roll. <laughs> it was amazing. There was a barrel roll by Janela. And then he flipped off of that thing into the crowd as well. He did a... <laughs> okay, so we, the barrel is there. He, he starts rolling it. And then like he starts rolling it towards Paige and Paige jumps it. A la Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> and it begins a Donkey Kong chain. I thought it was the most... If you're an advertiser, this is the best product placement you could ever hope for. It's it's jiffable, okay? It's like, it associates a positive feeling to, to your, your logo and your product. I'm going to eat it, some biscuits and gravy tomorrow. In I know, a creative way. It was like, it was so great. And they did have sponsors on the ring skirt around. They had TGI Fridays, yeah. Hot Topic, Cracker Barrel, and I don't know... Pro Wrestling Tees, maybe? I think. Was that, I couldn't see the fourth one, yeah. so... Um, yeah, so they did have advertising, but it wasn't it wasn't like over the top either. Like they were just got, got filling the ring with as many logos as possible to pay for this thing. Um, so anyway, this match featured a lot of insanity. Uh, we had a table and a ladder introduced. The ladder got draped between the ring and the guardrail, and it set up a spot. It was actually the cracker battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was actually on the barrel. It didn't go quite to the guardrail. So Paige. Lifts up Janela. This is crazy. And delivers a burning hammer onto the ladder from the edge of the apron. Yeah, not something you'd probably see in a Dusty Rhodes uh, 70s. And definitely I, classic. I've become very protective now of the burning hammer because I think that's a finish you don't fuck with. Okay. This week on Lucha Underground, dude, it was a transitional spot for Brian Cage for a two count. I'm like, oh, the burning no, hammer is, is not a two count in the middle of a match. But but like, you're, we're talking about somebody like a Joey Janello who we know probably grew up watching those tapes, watch, playing video games. Where, like I've come to the realization, Joey Janela is a creative wrestler that you just load with like all your favorite moves, and that's what this match felt like. How many, how much cool shit can we do off of a ladder or, or whatever, yeah. just like you would in a video game? Yeah, like Hangman Page basically hitting this bur flying burning hammer yeah. off an apron through onto a ladder on the Cracker Barrel. It wasn't even the craziest how long thing. We, that wasn't, match. yeah, like that wasn't even the craziest thing in this match, but I lost my shit when that happened. Penelope Ford got her spot in the match where she was doing the, the, the Matrix uh, moves here, avoiding Paige's offense and then landing a cutter she, where the audience went nuts. She did great. She yeah, was she really great. There. She yeah. looked awesome. Yeah, great for the limited role she had in this. And then Janela came off the top, putting Paige through a table on the floor with an elbow drop. Then they fought up to the entrance, and the way the entrance was, you had the ramp, and then you had these steps going down to then complete your entrance. So they fought on top of the ramp, and it led to a spot where Janela was sent off the ramp part through a table at the bottom of the steps. This looked so dangerous. And he, he looked like he landed on his hip from this. It was a running powerbomb. Oh, yeah. well, they, God. There were two tables as well, yeah, there and was he, two. he only he smashed the first one. one. Yeah. Like, his head could have very easily bounce off that second one like mm. this man yep. has absolutely zero concerns <laughs> about, his about, body. about his body the, so after that they Paige follows it up with the buckshot lariat and writes a passage inside the ring but Penelope Ford breaks up the cover and during this match we had a garbage bag that had some item inside of it and this is when Penelope Ford reveals 
Hangman Page's old cowboy boots. Oh. The boots he used to murder Joey Janela. The yes. boots that were stained with Joey Janela's blood, forcing Hangman. Joey to, Ryan's blood. Sorry, yes. Joey, Joey Ryan's blood, forcing Hangman to ditch the boots for. And Page sold it fantastically. He's really great. Like, with, like the over-the-top acting. Yes. I like this it. This match is yeah. so ridiculous. It was really <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> and it gets more ridiculous. Page <laughs> freaks out, super kicks Penelope Ford, and then goes into the garbage bag, bringing out the phone, the murder weapon. <laughs> Oh my god. And he starts strangling Janela on the ladder, putting the phone cord around his throat, lifts him up on the ladder, and proceeds to deliver the rites of passage off the ladder through a table. Yeah, some people might not even know what the rite of passage is. It's a like a pile driver. The Omori driver. It's like some people wouldn't know what that is. When you're going for like a backdrop where you throw the guy up in the air, but instead you would keep him there and you drop down and basically reverse the pile like, driver yeah. on the other side. Like a tombstone with the person hanging off of your back. Yeah, yeah, belly to back. He did this driver. through off from a ladder. Fucking ladder. Through a table. Yeah. With while the guy was still being like hung by a telephone thing. <laughs> well that was the point, right? He killed yes. Joey Ryan. Now he's gonna and then kill he killed Joey him. The Joey killer was right, the yeah. crowd was right, and then he pinned him. Twenty insane. minutes, ten seconds, this was totally insane. I loved it. Uh, I, I have people in, in the suite who thought this was the show stealer. This yeah, match, yeah. it was my personal favorite match. I mean, I really? can't, necess- I can't wow. necessarily say it was the best match. Again, for a lot of people like this, so much of it depends on your taste. And I'm somebody who really enjoys like ridiculousness and comedy. And I thought this match like delivered the hardcore, delivered like all the references to the storyline that I think you'd want. And we're not even done. Yeah. No. Like, the best was yet to come. It was totally insane. Uh, a yes. great... Fo- like, that NWA title match, I'm watching, I'm like, this is going to be so tough to follow. And they did it. After the match, we go to a video. And there is Joey Ryan. Uh, a corpse of Joey Ryan. The same spot where he was murdered. Yes, where he was murdered. And this is my line. <laughs> we witnessed the resurrection. Oh! <laughs> He rose from the dead. <laughs> it's literally. A, it's a camera shot of his dick, and it's <laughs> it's moving. Uh, <laughs> the dick, yes. The morning dick. wood. Yeah, morning yeah. wood. Sure. <laughs> so everyone's laughing at this, but then you see these figures. <laughs> what made this was you could see them walking through the back area, and you're starting to. They come into focus, and, st- and there are an army of penis druids, which <laughs> Shane Helms app. Aptly uh, named, instead of the Druids, they were Joey Ryan's fluids. And they proceeded to come out like the Undertaker coming back from the dead. Like, this was a total spoof on every Undertaker back to life. Like, they did, like, including, like, purple backdrop, like, Taker-like entrance music, the dry ice... And, and these and dicks dick druids yes <laughs> just a bunch of penises they come out, out and they're followed by Joey Ryan who comes out and this this was a visual I will never forget of him coming out he is the happiest man in the world <laughs> with his penis druids comes out Paige is stunned uh, Ryan puts the lollipop in his pants delivers the penis plex super kicks Paige knocking the lollipop out of his mouth and puts it, the lollipop yeah, first he puts it, yeah, he put it in, yeah. then super kicked it out. And then Hangman Page was carried to the back by the penis druids. Wow. It was amazing. The, the cherry on top. This crowd starts chanting, rest in penis. Rest like, in thank, penis. This is Chicago, thank you so much. Like, I, I thought the whole thing was perfect. It was... Like imagine this on paper, how stupid it, lo- it sounds. This whole storyline, it's like I think I thought it was so bad, but like 
in execution, I thought it was so creative. I thought they had so much fun. Uh, it brought the hardcore and it brought the comedy and it, it just like it entertained throughout the entire thing. So I, I also it. feel honored because we had dinner with one of the willies last. Night. <laughs> <laughs> we were out with one of the the penises on Friday night. Uh, our friend Scrump, who is uh, uh, now a close close friend of this uh, this post wrestling uh, from pro pro wrestling tees. Uh, he's a dick. Scrump is a dick. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he, There's a photo of him beaming smile on his face. He, <laughs> he loved it, definitely. Uh, check out our friend Scrump from Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, he was honored to be He, one of he the... sent us dick pics as well. <laughs> ah, gross. Oh, so hey, this this is so fun. Like this segment, like, like this is the this is I I fucking love this. Uh, this is great. The only thing is, I'm gonna have a hard time explaining this to people what I did this week. Oh, and the dad watching was completely lost. Like, I, don't know. I don't know what he would have said. He wasn't laughing. Eleven year old. Yeah, I don't know. This was a this would be a tough one to come in cold. I, I do want to know like Jim Cornette's reaction to this whole thing. So now the match that. I thought it was like, man, you got to follow the NWA title match. Then a match had to follow this. Yeah. And it was Jay Lethal against Flip Gordon for the ROH title. But it's not Jay Lethal coming out. It is Black Machismo accompanied by Lanny Poffo. So, so the skit beforehand that they aired was Jay Lethal is in the back. He's about to walk out. And all of a sudden, out of frame, you see a hand hand him Macho Man glasses. So Jay Lethal's looking at this. He's like, he's considering the, the Macho Man thing. Then the hand extends and taps him on the shoulder, activating Black Machismo. You know what I like so much about so many of these Being the Elite stories is that they teased you with something you wanted and delivered it on the big show. Like you wanted to see Flip Gordon booked. You wanted to see Black Machismo. You wanted to see Joey Ryan come back from the dead. Like all these things you wanted to see payoffs or you got. It and kind of feels like what wrestling is supposed to be. It's, it's, yeah, it shouldn't way. be so yeah. hard, yeah. but all they did was make you want something yeah. and then deliver what you didn't know you wanted, but eventually you did. I didn't expect the genius, though. I thought that was amazing. That was cool. Wasn't it? It was a great, great use of him. So ge the genius was the person behind the camera tapping him on the shoulder. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so that was the reveal. And then we also had Brandy out with Flip Gordon, so she would assume the role of Elizabeth during a spot <laughs> where Lethal is coming after her and she's yelling, I'm not Liz. And then he lifted her onto her <laughs> one shoulder, which was very funny. Uh, Pafo got Lethal into the zone when he, uh, when he hit him over the shoulder. He went to hit several top rope elbow drops and then Gordon kicks out and starts to hulk up. Gordon hit the big boot, cupped his ear, and then went on to hit a series of moves that Hulk Hogan never dreamed of. Uh, <laughs> Ending with uh, a spiral tap that got a big near fall. Gordon proceeds to go for a springboard and Lethal, who's seated on top, counters it with a flying cutter in midair, followed by the Lethal Injection to win 14-24. This was a very strong card. Uh, this one was kind of near the bottom for me. I didn't think it followed the street fight as well. I also found that, you know, this it had its place, but... I don't know, like, if you are comparing the ROH title match to the NWA title match, it's not even a comparison. And granted, this was built up in two hours. Yeah. It wasn't the buildup of the NWA. I just don't know if the ROH title, if you want that to be your comedy match. And that's what this was. Yeah. And I didn't think it was great comedy either, to be honest. It had its moments. I mean, I really enjoyed this. Like, not as much as the Hangman match, but I really enjoyed it just because... Uh... 
the Poffo thing I didn't expect. And I, I think, like, the match started to die, to be honest, when Brandy touched uh, uh, Jay Lethal's shoulder to deactivate Black Machismo. And he was right. just regular Jay Lethal again. And I think the match kind of suffered at that point. But when Poffo came back and, like, I thought all the Savage stuff worked. Like, Jay Lethal does such a great Savage impression. I did not expect the, the flip uh, Hulk up, you know. I thought that was a brilliant kind of twist to the whole thing. Uh, really got the crowd back. Um, but, you know, I could see why you would say that it's totally Like, it wasn't... I enjoyed the ending sequence. Some of the comedy was fun. But given that this was the ROH title match, it was it, but, it was a weird fit for me. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Yeah, what did you think about it? I... I see both I, sides. Like, yeah. I enjoyed the match, but yeah, it. You do you want your main title to be a comedy? Like, but I have I enjoyed all the stuff with um, Brandy the most. Like him keep on on the outside, like putting her back in her place. Right. Like, just, like, I that almost, was fun. I almost kind of see this as like an Elseworlds thing for Jay Lethal. That Jay Lethal would never do this on a Ring of Honor show. Right. But, yeah. But like in this special kind of weird, being the elite world, he's allowed to do this. This I agree with John. This was probably my second least favorite match on the card. Yeah. So then we uh, after the match. Uh, Bully Ray comes down and he attacks both Lethal and Gordon after they had hugged together. Bully Ray is using his chain and it leads to Lanny Poppo standing up to Bully who kicks Lanny low. And then Bully is setting up a table. Colt Cabana runs down to stop Bully and Cabana and Cabana's like been standing up for Flip Gordon on the show against Bully. And then it leads to Cabana, Lethal, and Gordon delivering the shield powerbomb to Bully through the table but no fisting on this show. Oh. No fisting. Mm -mm. Yeah. So. Tying it back into the ROH. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it, it tied it in there. Kenny Omega, Pentagon Jr. Pentagon L0, as he was identified here. Why does he have so many different names? Uh, a lot of them comes down to the names that AAA has trademarked that have prevented him from using certain names. And mm. he's gone from Pentagon Jr. to Pentagon Dark to Pentagon Penta L0M. And on this card, he was Penta L0. So it's very confusing to keep okay. track of the names. I just go by Pentagon Jr. Because I can. Triple A. <laughs> Come at us. Um, yeah. Audience was going nuts during the entrances for these two. Um, were you surprised that this wasn't the semi-main? Any of you guys? People we were sitting kind of with were, were saying that this was going to be the main event. And I was... I was like, hey, it could be. And that being, being said, when they're going through the video, sort of like, well, like the screens of each match, like Marty and Okada got the biggest pop, mm, I felt, yeah, yeah, each true. time they showed them. Yeah. So maybe it was right. Yeah. And then obviously with the Jericho involvement and him going to his concert, like it yeah. needed to be heard. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. It, could, it maybe could have been the opener. <laughs> so. Early on, Pentagon was the first one to land a big dive with a, a Topicon hero thwarting uh, Kenny's attempt early on. And Kenny consistently went for the one-winged angel, and Pentagon was able to, to break free and, and avoid it throughout. Uh, we built up to uh, a package pile driver was also blocked, and then Pentagon hit a pump handle driver for a two-count. Pentagon stops Omega on the edge of the apron, hits the package pile driver for a huge reaction. And then Pentagon avoids yet another one-winged angel, snaps Omega's right arm, and they go into these near falls. This led to another standing ovation spot when Omega kicked out, and then he made his big comeback, built up to the one-winged angel to pin Pentagon at 17 minutes, 47 seconds. Holy shit. I have not watched a lot of Pentagon matches. This was one of the best matches I've seen in person because I was just... It seemed so fresh to me. Everything about it was like... 
high energy. The crowd was crazy hot for Kenny. Clearly, a lot of people came to this show for Kenny Omega. Yeah. Because he's not on a lot of U.S. shows. A lot of people have purposely traveled to watch this guy wrestle. And when you get there and you finally get to see him, and this was the match they got, this was crazy. And you got, like, a big Kenny Omega match. Like, oh, this yeah. would have fit into, like, you know, a, you know, not his best G1 matches, right. but, like, in that, you yeah, know, middle pack. 100%. This was, this was so much fun. Um... This was incredible. Like, I feel like I got my 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 trip, my money's worth, essentially, because of this. Like, and it wasn't, like, just a 100% Omega crowd. Like, they were super hot for yeah, like, Jr. in this. Yeah, he was, he, I loved this. This was, this might be my match of the night. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that high. Uh, either, either the, this one or the one that followed, to be honest, yeah. Maybe. You this? You, we, we, we were going nuts for yeah, this match. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Anything on the apron, like that package pile driver. It's with the hardest part of the it's ring. It's the hardest part of the ring, like... I really love Pentagon. I think he looks just so yeah. dangerous and scary Badass. from like the way he wrestles to just the way he looks as well. Mm. And um, I loved all the kind of his hulking up with the zero Miero. Like every time yeah, he yeah. took like the V trigger, he was just hulking. There was like a that. great spot where he went to do it and Omega just stops him and just gives him the light slap to yeah, the face. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is a great spot. That was right near the beginning of the match that I, I really liked. To me, this match like really had that dream match quality, uh, yeah. where like it felt like the two kind of alpha, alpha, you know, uh, top, top, top stars of like two different sides of the world yeah. coming together, meeting in this kind of awkward, like, like safe, uh, you know, uh, neutral ground. Yeah, true. And and it was it it. It needed that. no build up, really. It was just the, yeah. the, the, the the draw was the match, the pairing. Yeah. Certainly, it, it it to me really delivered. I think on that, um, it was very much like a match that had a lot of crazy spots that you would expect from a Kenny Omega match or a Penta Penta L Zero match, uh, and it certainly really got this crowd. It I'll say it wasn't at the emotional level of a Nick Aldis uh, Cody match, mm-hmm. um, nor did it make me laugh obviously, or I would say overall entertain me throughout as much. But again, it all comes down to personal preference, and that's why I like this show so much. Every single member of the elite brought something different to the table. Yeah, the lights go out afterwards, and they're like down for like about a minute or so. They come on, Pentagon's still laying there, gets up, and he attacks Kenny Omega. And I'm thinking here, like before he hits the code breaker, I'm thinking like, okay, we, we've seen all these like these hugs after the match. I'm kind of liking this change that like this is uh you know building to something else. But then it's the code breaker, and I love that it was the code breaker because it gave everyone a couple seconds to realize what was happening. Mm-hmm. Because then he unmasks so slowly, and it's Chris Jericho, and this place loses their mind. He hits another code breaker, and then Way's uh, favorite line of the show. See you on the Jericho cruise. All this for a cruise. <laughs> this man is like coming all the, like like kayfaping everybody on the internet about uh, doing this, and then uh, flying to his concert. Yeah. So if, not, if this fly- guy had a concert on Saturday night <coughs> at, in Merriam, Kansas, which is a close to eight-hour drive from the Sears Center, so he clearly had to do this and then get into some kind of air transportation yep. to get to this concert and 
it's it's nuts that he was trying to pull this off. Yeah, Jericho. I, I would say you know probably the big takeaway from this show, the the big surprise. We didn't get a Neville. We didn't get really anybody else, but we got a Chris Jericho, and I think that's enough to satisfy anybody. The guy next to us was sure uh, Tamatonga was going to attack. Right? He was going <laughs> yeah. like, you know, they're going to be too. involved. And when yeah. the lights came back up, he was like, look, it's Tamatonga. Look at the tattoo. And then we're like. That's, that's Jericho's that's tattoo. A, that's a, that's a, a tattoo we recognize. Yeah, uh, the crowd went so bananas for this, yeah. and it was all just to promote his cruise. Like, pretty good exchange, if you ask me. We got to we got to see Jericho come out here and, and attack Kenny, and he got to help promote his cruise. It's a win-win for everyone. This Jericho cruise, man, this is stacked. Like that lineup. I, I know. I really want to just watch it, watch the matches that are taking place. Yeah, it's you know, Davey, you travel to a lot of shows, like. Like the Jericho cruise, like to me, I don't know. I, I'm not someone that would go uh, on a cruise. Like it's mm. just to me, it's like it's a lot of work. You know what I mean? To like, you're there for a while. It's a big investment. Like four days, I got to get to Florida. Like if they were doing a four day wrestling fest somewhere, this is kind of that. Yeah, it is. listen, it, it sounds really cool, yeah. but it's a big undertaking for a fan, I think, to, you know, just to take four days off work to go to something like it that. Is, yeah. um, I can see it being a, a tough thing to convince a fan to drop their money and plan, plan a vacation around wrestling uh, for four or five days. I don't want to be stuck on a boat with wrestling fans for that long. Yeah. Like, I, I lo- they're I love great you guys, in doses, but, yeah. but like, and we're all... We're all fans as well, but... What, just, if, what if they took your cell phone? <laughs> God. That can't be true where they want to take it. I, hopefully they don't do that to people uh, because it's just... Yeah, I think it was meant more as a joke. But anyway, the takeaway from this is that, yeah, they're doing Jericho and Omega that you have to be... They're saying you have to be on this cruise to be able to see it because yes. they don't have any broadcast agreement for this cruise. Like, they want to sell these cabins. That is what good they're selling. trying to sell. Good, good selling but this here. is a big deal as well. This first time Jericho has been on a non-WWE show in yep. yes. the yeah. States for, right. well, since WCW. Yeah, like, it's crazy. It was pretty crazy. And he always said he never would, and then here he is popping up and, and attacking Kenny here. Uh, I feel like if if you're a WWE fan and you know that Jericho's in New Japan and maybe you, you kind of went your, out of your way to watch that, you're going to hear about this and you're probably like, wow, these guys got Chris Jericho again? Like like these this group, the, the Bullet Club guys, they managed to get him here. That's, that's a pretty big deal, I, I would say, as a wrestling fan. But it's a big deal for Jericho, isn't it? I think like, so, to too. To hooked up with these guys. The yeah, I think so, too. Like, yeah. look at how look at his career from mm-hmm. to where he started into this. Like, he is, to me, he's like the real Brock Lesnar of, like, wrestling. Like, because it's like, he's the guy who, like, can ma- make things seem super important now in this wrestling. Even at, at his age and, and how he's going. He's been relevant for over yeah, 20 like, years. Yeah, like, he's just how always does, relevant. He, how does he keep reinventing himself over and over again? Like, even now with the little things like the makeup here. He was wearing the Pentagon mask, but he had the, the eyes blacked out just like and the, and the makeup here just like him. And then... You were saying he he goes and gets on a plane to go play with his band on Fozzie. This guy's a baller. Like, I'm a huge fan of hip-hop guys just straight flossing out. This guy beat up Kenny Omega and then got on a plane, didn't even take the makeup off his (laughs) face. He's got probably a Tito's vodka in his hand on a flight, and he's on Instagram saying, Hey, uh, Kansas, uh, this music festival, I'm going to be there soon. This guy's cool as fuck this guy's yeah, a rock star and that cool. he he is a draw to me as a wrestling fan mm-hmm. maybe it's because of my agent and, and where i watch and wrestling and stuff but this was super cool just to see him what all he did was two code breakers and i i went nuts for it so uh, he went still available Brady. yo I, I wish let's go <laughs> 
They followed that with uh, Kazuchika Okada, Marty Skrull, a second from the top. And yeah, they, they both got enormous reactions coming out. Like, this was a match clearly that had... Uh, I think the... I kind of underestimated how big this match was to everybody. Me too. Because I thought this was going to be one that kind of flies a little under the radar, but would turn out to be a really great match. But the audience treated this like a big match, and they positioned it as such. Skrull was getting chance of heavyweight early on as he was constantly flexing. Before, and Before that, backstage, we had... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Do yeah. you want to describe this? So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Marty Skrull is about to come out, and then we see he is stopped by two very familiar voices. They are... Arthur and I always forget the other person's name, but the two recurring characters from being the elite who, uh, you know, played the uh, off-screen pointing fingers uh, that we may, that may or may not be Kaz and Daniels, and they're yelling at at uh, uh, Squirrel, telling him, you know, he, he can't really, just reiterating the heavyweight storyline, telling him that he can't do it, and then... It worked perfectly because these off the only thing you see with these characters is their hands. So Marty Skrull takes each one, does his finger breaking spot, and gets a great reaction. Starts laughing maniacally before he walks out. A little like great, easy to produce, uh, quick bit, bit of like thing that told you the character, told you the storyline, and made you laugh. So as the match is beginning, we're we're seeing like a very serious Marty Skrull throughout this match, and the idea that Okada is kind of underestimated him and Skrulls bring the fight to him. I would like to point out here, this was the Rainmaker Okada. This was not... Oh, yeah. Yeah. This no was balloons. Not, no balloons. Uh, no balloons. Had the jacket, had the bills. Yeah, he was not yeah. here to, 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 you know, goof around. His and, entrance was awesome, too. Yeah. When all the stuff... The, the confetti came down, putting the arms out. Like, this is a really cool I feel like like uh, you've never seen Okada uh, nope. wrestle, and you were really excited to see him. And, and I, I, all I could think of when he had that entrance was like, there's probably a lot of people who wanted and paid money to see this guy wrestle. And for him to just come out with a few balloons and not do that grand entrance, you'd feel a little like, oh, like that's a little unfortunate. So he was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And it rained money. People got to probably get those Okada bills and stuff. This was a really long match, and I think in hindsight, probably was longer than they were given because th this went very, very uh, long. Early on, Squirrel's working over the neck a lot, and it was kind of like just building uh, as they were going through like the first 15 minutes or so. And then it kind of picks up. Okada calls for the Rainmaker, and then he makes the 205 sign with his hands, and Squirrel grabs the fingers when he goes five and snaps them. And Okada comes back. He attempts the Rainmaker, but it's ducked. And Skrull goes for his first chicken wing. And he's able to reapply it after Okada breaks through. And then he rolls out and knocks into referee Tiger Hattori. Skrull then attacks him with the umbrella after going for the, near, uh, the Rainmaker. Gets a massive near fall as Skrull hits his own version of the Rainmaker. And they got a standing ovation for that near fall. It was the Rain Stopper. The Rain Stopper, yeah. yes. He called for the chicken wing again. Okada countered, hit the Rainmaker, but both go down. Skrull stood him up. He's telling him to bring it to him. And Okada has to hit him with the spinning Rainmaker and then the regular version. Okada wins 26 minutes, 6 seconds. Wow, and that long. Man. Yeah, they. Wow. I, I'm sure this one went too long uh, than what they were yeah. allotted. But I, I would say the last 10 minutes of this match were really, really strong stuff.
I thought they did a really good job telling that, like, David Goliath story. And I would say, like, it's sort of odd because I don't usually see Okada play that type of character. He's he's a tall guy, especially in comparison to Marty Scroll, but he's not the big show. And it's almost kind of like what the storyline was designed mm. for. Like, Marty trying to, like, uh, uh, you know, breaking his back, trying to suplex Okada. I, I found it a little tough to get into at the beginning, but they definitely got me by the end. Um, and, and, and so much, like... Uh, I thought I thought so much clever uh, maybe usage of the Rainmaker the 205 motion into the finger spot was just perfect uh, I, I really thought it was a wonderful match that like nobody thought Okada was going to eh, maybe some people thought Okada was going to lose to Marty Skull but I certainly didn't and they made me believe that he could so so apparently at one point during this match another referee came down to alert them like, get moving, guys. <laughs> because this match ends, and boom, we're going to the main event. And I'm talking, like, everyone's making their entrances in rapid fashion. Like, they are going so quick. From the time the Okada match ended to the main event beginning, had to have been less than five minutes. It was so quick that they got them out there for oh, that Oh, and match. everyone came out together, didn't they? They, they didn't were have individual I think pieces. Ray got his own music. No, no. But it they, was just Ray's music with the, other oh, the others coming. Yeah. So, yeah, they were just rushing everybody out. Like, Abushi didn't even get an entrance. He no. was just walking behind the box. Ray seemed like he was late because they would play his music for a while and nobody yeah. would come out. Then you'd see Ray, uh, 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 Ray Phoenix and, and uh, Bandito just walk out with a big gap. It was Vampiro, Ray. the inverted version. We have music, but no performer. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, so but it was very clear that they were in a rush from was, was that Ray Mysterio or was that Wolverine? Yes. From the X-Men. Ray Mysterio and Wolverine gear. This they, is yeah. the thing at the moment, isn't it? To just dress up as He's always like, like always NXT. Done that. No, I know he has, yeah, but yeah. it's big in NXT. You've yeah. got um Daniels with the Ray's been doing it first though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ray was always the one who did it. And I, I like this one. He's the got like, one's yeah, cool. yeah. yellow and like the the original Wolverine comic book one, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they clearly had a condensed version of whatever main event they had laid out. They only went 11.44 here, but they still managed to get a lot in. Uh, I thought Bandito had an outstanding performance. Like, he really upped his stock, I thought, in this match. He started it off with this multi-rotational flip from the top onto Matt Jackson that immediately got the crowd just buzzing for the match. And then it was just, like, chaos. Just guys in and out, but hitting everything seamlessly. Phoenix slipped on the top rope but completed the sequence. And it was clear, like, this was a crowd that just wanted to see everything go smoothly. It was like they were not going to get upset about any of it. It was like he finished the move. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very different mindset than it was 15 years ago where fans would pounce on a guy doing the slightest slip-up. It's a very supportive crowd. Like, yes. Everybody is here because we're cheering these guys on because we're, they're trying to change the industry. And, yeah, these fans were quick to forgive. Uh when Mysterio and Ibushi were tagged in, everyone got on their feet. This like this, insane. this was to me when I was looking at this card. Like this was <laughs> the interaction that I thought people were going to be the most intense for. Uh, then we got one of Nick Jackson's great hot tags, where he just exploded with all of his strikes, landed a double springboard corkscrew to the floor, immediately followed by Ibushi with a golden triangle moonsault to another portion of the floor, and then Bandito hitting a tornillo to everyone from the the top to the floor. Matt was able to stop a 619, lifted Rey Mysterio for the Meltzer driver as Nick and Ibushi set up to deliver it, but they're both stopped. Phoenix scaled the top rope and kneed Ibushi in the face, and then Nick got taken off the apron with a uh, with a Hurricane Rana. 
Ray then set up Matt. He hit the 619, led to a top rope splash that Matt kicked out of. And then Bandito hits a top rope moonsault slam onto Matt. The Bucks come back, making their comeback with super kicks. They hit this crazy version of more bang for your buck by incorporating Kota Bushi into it as well. And then hit the Meltzer driver. And that was it. And we were off the air. I believe they said with three minutes to spare. Nick Jackson later said three seconds to spare. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seemed like their their pay-per-view window was about to expire. And they had to race through this match. As I said, 11 minutes, 44 seconds. And unfortunate for the pay-per-view crowd, but fortunate for us, we got another like 20 minutes of kind of the post-show of everyone uh, from the Bullet Club out there thanking the fans. We got Rey Mysterio thanking everybody for selling the place out. And we got like these like heart-to-heart speeches from like Cody, from Omega, from the Jacksons. It was a cool scene afterwards that unfortunately no one at home got to see. I'm sure it'll come out online somewhere. Probably it should on be on being the elite or something. Yeah, probably. Uh, but you know what? Despite this match being so so short, I feel like it's a style of match that isn't too drastic. You didn't feel cheated by it. Yeah, you got to see some great stuff in like, 12 minutes. Making these guys work faster isn't necessarily going to be a bad thing with this style. So No, I did just feel like had they have had the time that Kota Ibushi Mysterio moment, they'd have milked oh, sure. a bit more. Yeah. I the, think that yeah. first interaction, whereas it, they was tagged in... We realized, oh shit, it's these two yeah. guys and we're cheering. Like you have to imagine, this was probably it. slotted for 25 minutes. Completely. Like they probably had to cut a ton out of this. Also, all the fanfare you didn't get either, right? Like I think seeing individual entrances would have been very important. Getting that proper in-ring introduction for all the guys would have been really important too to really set the scene. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think, again, everybody was very supportive watching. And I think we could all understand, shit, it's almost 11 o'clock. The worst thing to happen for these guys would have been if they... Got caught before this, for sure. this match ended, so they had to fit it in. Then. They Realized got it done. That. They got it done in yeah. time. So credit to them for doing that. I don't know how they didn't have a like. Look at this card. Like a four-hour pay-per-view window. Like I, I think yeah. that's just you attribute that to these are first-time yeah. producers that you know guys were going to go on. Production, they clearly did. Production is a is a different thing than, yep. than running a house show yeah, or, or, so. or something like that. And I think these guys learned about that. Uh, the post-match speeches, uh, I thought, you know, if, if they all felt incredibly genuine. No one left. There was yeah. there was one guy next to me that left, and that was it. There was nobody that was leaving this arena mm-hmm. as long as these guys were there in the ring talking. They were bringing out, out their families, uh, thanking all, all their families. Um, uh, they teased it all into, but didn't announce it. Yeah, yeah. Cody He's, said, I like a bet, so double or nothing. Yeah, so yeah. they're going to try and go bigger. He's like, hey, listen, we don't have a graphic bait or anything, but, you know, it's, it's probably I instantly happen. thought of Dana White, who the last press conference, he was asked at the beginning, he's like, do you guys have any secret graphics or videos to announce Connor's next fight? He's like, no, we don't have any of those made. And then at the end of the press conference, it's <laughs> like, oh, we got one more video. <laughs> they reiterate that the, the uh, uh, Bullet Club are going to stick together, <laughs> or the Elite are going to stick together uh, in the new year. Uh, Kenny Omega was the last person to speak. He said... Who Cody introduced as the yeah. leader of the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this whole time, like, you're watching this scene take place, and it kind of feels a little bit odd. Like, weren't these two just feuding all of a sudden? Like, wasn't this exactly what Kenny was uh, arguing against, this person taking the leadership? But, like, that's all storyline stuff. Kenny did get final, uh, final like, the, the closing uh, statement here, and he uh, says he can't take credit for all this stuff. He has to give it to Cody and the Bucks. 
Uh, but that said, he said this was one of the best shows he's ever been a part of, if not yeah, the but, best show. Yeah, Matt Jackson called it the greatest night of his career. Omega thought it was, he believed it was the best show he's ever been a part of, which covers some significant ground. Yeah, uh, yeah this this was an unbelievable show. Uh, it was, I think more than anything, it's a really historical card that also was like a real kick-ass wrestling show on top of that in, in beyond just like the historical ramifications that this show may have. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't blame it all on the, the, the stuff that Pierce gave me during the show, but, uh, <laughs> it was, it was lit. Uh, this was probably one of the most fun, maybe the best wrestling show I've been to. It's just so, so electric. You were also at Wrestle Kingdom 12. I know. So... And try to make me decide between these two. Okay. It's very, very hard. I'll give uh, you, I'll give you a week. Is this the best show you've been to this year, Davey? Because you've been to a lot of takeovers. Did, did this compare well to TakeOver New Orleans? Because maybe that's the best comparison that you've been to live. Um, I'm trying to remember. I get New Orleans had the ladder match first, right? The ladder match, and it had the Gargano uh, <laughs> Champa, the think, first one. I think I'd probably still put that above yeah. this. Um, like, I just it was so cool. But it was an awesome experience, and like, I just so hope they can maintain this and actually yeah. really be a threat because. If you're a WWE guy floating around and you're seeing what these guys are doing, mm-hmm. you, I just you've loved, got an option now. I love that there was so much variety on this show, yeah. and there really wasn't a bad. Like I talked about Lethal and the it's not like there was a bad match yeah, on the yeah, show or yeah. anything close to it. And on top of it, what I I didn't really appreciate going in, but I did coming out of it was just so many little things that I watched in being the elite that. You get by watching, like you were rewarded for watching the lead up to this. Like there were all these little things that got paid off, even down to the 205 thing. Like yeah. you would not have no idea what that was. Right. But because you watched it, you're in on the the reference and you got that and you're, you're rewarded for following this. This is your payoff, this show. To me, it really is amazing like what these several, what five or six cast members of this YouTube series have accomplished. Like they filled a 10,000 seat arena and sold it out in 30 minutes. Really like seeing the reaction and see to, to all the spots that, that, that they did on the show, it's all due to that YouTube series, right? And I just, I think it's amazing what they've accomplished. I hope it becomes an annual thing as a showcase for the, the what 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 amazing stuff there is out there in independent wrestling uh you know like for many people the bullet club kenny omega these guys they're their gateway into things like new japan ring of honor and and then the indies and they are really kind of the the guys that can showcase exactly what is out there outside of the wwe yeah yeah like in wwe i feel like you don't get what you want like most of the time like you you don't and everything here was so different everything here wasn't the same old shit and it just felt so special to see it all come together especially like how it all started through say, uh, tweets and saying we, we can't fill this thing and then watching it go this far and we like, followed the entire narrative yeah it's like it's like you felt almost like you're involved yeah. in, in it as well and like like you said, no one who's here was chanting bad things at it ever. Like, no CM Punk chants. Not a sing. I didn't hear a single person no. chant CM Punk. Mm-hmm. So God bless you, Chicago, because like it just felt like everyone was here to have a good time, and everyone did. Like I don't think anyone came out of the show saying this. That was didn't enjoy that. Didn't get my money's worth. And I don't think anyone was expecting it to be bad. No, like, no. Everyone knew. Everyone knew it was going to be great. Yeah. Going in. Was it your favorite show of the year, John? Ah. Uh, I really love that TakeOver New Orleans show, and 
Yeah, it's what like there there were a few of those G1s we watched, those B block shows that I'd really have to sit down and mm-hmm. I, I just feel just because of this being such an important show on top of it, mm-hmm. um <coughs> that's kinda how I'm feeling tonight about this show. Like I, I feel this was literally one of the best wrestling shows I've ever attended live. And probably the best. So cool. It was like such an experience. Uh usually, you know, you go to WWE, you see little kids and you see like I don't know, people are annoying. You get like this, this weird chance all the time and here it was just completely, it was like a totally new promotion, right? It did feel like you got the whole stage. It didn't feel like an indie show at the same time as it did. Like, it was really just an experience, yeah. You sang about kids. There was actually, actually a few there kids were, behind us, the, but they knew everything. Yeah, like, like they really, wow. And I'm talking like a seven-year-old girl. Yeah, this like, girl was young. There was one girl like sat on her mom's lap. And she's like chanting for flip. She's doing she like, knew, like the little things. Chant. Yeah, she knew wow. like, like the, the being the elite stuff. Yeah, so good parenting. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what does that mean? Like, it means like something doesn't necessarily have to only cater to children in order to cater to older audiences either. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm sure the parents didn't really know how to explain all the giant penises that came out, but. Uh, you know, they're just got, balloons. They're just yeah, balloons. Yeah, that's where though, that's where Okada's balloons went. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just it felt like I haven't been to a wrestling show that, that was like this ever. In my like, mm. when you go to indie shows, they're different and they're like kind of grimy, and you're in a barn or a gym. This was no gym. And you you've always got like fans trying to get themselves over yeah, and whatever. No one was, was doing none that. None of that. We're here to watch the show and watch these guys put on a show for us. And like like you said, everyone was you know taking their curtain calls and taking bows and everything and it felt like that it felt like a show it felt good the, these guys the elite they have such an incredible relationship with the audience that's mm-hmm. not antagonistic at all no. like it is incredibly the most kind of like uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it like they love their fans and their fans love them mm-hmm. and that they, they tuned out like they tuned they came here in, in, the, in the thousands um, to support this whole weekend it's like wow imagine a wrestling show I like watching wow mm-hmm. so so fun what a, what a time to be alive I feel guilty keeping you guys longer because you're you're heading out. So why don't we sign off with you two? Me and Way are going to do uh, feedback. But the last question, let's just go around. I want to get everyone's official. Uh, your match of the night from Saturday. I'm I'm going with Cody and Nick Aldis for sure because I, I just I love that match. I love just the, the the audience for that, the reaction to it. Like everyone's role in that match. I thought they played it to perfection. I love Paige and Janela. I thought the ridiculousness of it, and, and and as well as like the the match quality, I thought was tremendous. And to me, like in terms of like going wild and out there with your storylines, this to me really paid it off well. Uh, I have to say, like the Nick Aldis and Cody thing, because it was so emotional for me, it was like really good on a different level. Just because like when I watched so many matches, it had that feel. But I'm gonna stay still say Kenny Omega and Pentagon Junior. He's just fucking bananas, man! Holy shit! I'm saying Aldis Cody, like. Yeah. I teared up, the hairs on my arms were sticking up, like, yeah. it's gotta be that. Yeah, 10 pounds of gold is good. But... Man, Gargano almost getting a run for their oh. money this year. Oh, hate up. All right, well, guys, uh, thanks so much. It's been a really fun uh, trip down here, uh, a longer car ride than we all anticipated, but uh, <laughs> a lot of fun nonetheless. So, uh, you guys are insane. It is 2.24 local time in the morning, and you guys are heading out. We'll discuss it. We don't know. Oh, Maybe. okay. I see. There was no uh, tap outs on uh, this this show uh, all in, but it seems there is one now. So. Oh, are you? No, I thought you were not oh, up for it. Know, oh. Never say Getting never. Getting a second win. You're again. not all in. You're all out. You're all <laughs> right, out. We're going out then. <laughs>
Uh, thank you. Still Again, Four Loco. Oh, yeah. See, here in Chicago, uh, Four Locos are 14% in these tall cans, and they're very, very dangerous. Uh, so thank you. Uh, thanks to all the people, again, from the StarCast here in Chicago, to all the friends uh, from from near and far who've come out here, even the people on Twitter and, and Instagram who've been following you, John and Way, and, and all our stuff. Uh, Bob, Scrump, uh, Scrump, Pierce, oh my god, yeah, Nick, everyone, Bears, all like, the people, everyone. if I'm not it's saying your great. name, but you know who you are, because we had a lot of, honestly, this is so much fun for us to come out here and just do this and, and be a part of it. So again, thank you all, and listen to our show every Thursday. Every Thursday. Yeah, yeah. you guys are going to be in Chicago for two more days, so that is like weeks of stories yeah. that will be coming out on Thursday on up next as yes. you guys uh, uh get get back to regular life watching nxt this wednesday yeah so check out us uh we're gonna be doing some and may young stuff yeah this week. we're gonna be oh that's right yeah that we should well. mention that that brayden and davey are going to be reviewing the may young classic each week so when you download up next you're going to get reviews of both nxt and the may young classic each thursday yeah for sure so check that out uh you can follow myself um on twitter and instagram at the bray d uh, and I am at Davey Portman. Uh, yeah, cool. Awesome, guys. Well, enjoy the rest of your night slash morning. And we're going to go see if Downstate's at the bar. Yeah. Maybe oh. they're there. <laughs> Downstairs? Downstate is downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Can you play that song? Play the song, John. We're supposed to get your rendition of it, actually. All in! <laughs> we're gonna have, people in the other rooms are going to get mad. That, that is going to be one, one song that's going to stay here in Chicago it is. with this all weekend. All in! How are they going to top? If they do All In 2, how's Downstate going to top that theme? <sighs> These are the pressing questions wow. that come out of such a Damn. historical event like this. Uh, thank you, everybody. Okay. All right. Thank Ahoy! you, guys. Way we are going to go into the feedback. Yep. And... Yep, let's go ahead. I stated that, you know, this is the show that might have one of our highest ratings from our sometimes very difficult to please forum. Up mm-hmm. at forum.postwrestling.com. We have put the poll up there to rate this event from a scale of one to twenty. Yeah, let's see what you guys thought. I I believe this is gonna top eighteen. Um I'll go maybe a little lower than eighteen. You will go lower to eighteen. The results, based on our votes, a 17.03. So, way is accurate there. Very good. A very, very high yeah. marks. I don't recall a 17 on a pay-per-view. An 8.5 out of 10. That's very high. Yes. All right. We start off with the only person that can kick off any feedback on our show. Brandon from Oshawa. Excellent show from top to bottom. The standouts being Janela, Hangman, and the final three matches. No match took away from the others. It all built well, and all the Being the Elite stories paid off great. I'm wondering your thoughts on Joey Janela and Penelope Ford. How long before they end up in WWE? Every time I see them, they're standouts. Could I see them in the WWE? I I definitely can. I mean, I don't... Anybody who's hot enough, I suppose, yeah. But I feel like um, so much of what I think has worked with all that stuff that I've seen of his is so catered to the indies. Uh, and that's like the smoking, that's the hardcore matches, that's him booking spring break. And I just, uh, I, I feel like we would see a different version of him. You would definitely see a different version of him, but he, the guy's done a tremendous job marketing himself, uh, a t- fantastic job that people should be learning from. Uh, but he is someone that... Uh, you know, unlike when I watched the the show a couple of weeks ago, SummerSlam weekend, and I see someone like, um, like who who would be your example? Like Nick Gage, for instance. He's someone I don't see WWE ever going for Nick Gage, but Joey Janela, I do. I I could see them scooping up him in a heartbeat. 
We got a Sean from Toronto who says, to be completely honest, I thought that All In was somewhat of a front-loaded show in regards to the booking, with the show peaking with the NWA title match, which I can't believe happened only an hour into the card. While this may have been the biggest independent wrestling show of all time, it wasn't necessarily the best booked. That said, the Penta Jericho after the Omega match was a nice surprise, and where, where else can I say I watched a wrestling show with walking penises? That's certainly a distinction this show controls. MJ from NJ, couple production glitches aside, hard to say this show was anything but a rousing success. Surprises, payoffs, in-ring, and emotion. This show had it all. I would imagine any promotion that allowed talent to perform has to be happy with how everyone felt like huge stars to this audience, and what an audience it seemed to be. We'll be curious to hear your live impressions of the crowd. I think tonight set the course of professional wrestling on a new path. No group will ever have WWE money and may never reach that level of production. But for the trolling Billy Corgan took on the purchase of the NWA, he's only got one thing spot on in recent weeks. Pro wrestling is at its best in 2018 when collaboration happens. It's the only way to achieve nights like tonight where the wrestling fan isn't insulted and is rewarded with a truly satisfying product. Here's to hoping there are more all-ins and nights like tonight featuring some of the best wrestling in the world. While I had FOMO about not being there, it was a joy to watch develop and cheer for the last few weeks and I was not disappointed even after all the hype. It really was nice to see like promotions lend, you know, talent, I suppose, if you can call it that, uh, uh, to a show like this. And that's what, what I think part of made what this show feel special. It felt like a real collection of like uh, a real great sampler, I would say, of like all the best from like uh, all, all sources. So I, I hope it continues. We got a Chris from Melbourne, Australia, who says, I will. I watched live via ROH Honor Club. I really enjoyed the show, apart from maybe a few buffering issues. The most glaring pain of was only. The most glaring pain was only just ending the main event at 10.59pm before quickly going off the air at 11pm. The matches themselves were quite good. The ladies really surprised me and revived a, received a standing ovation. Not gonna lie, I had a tear my, in my eye as Cody was awarded the NWA Championship. If anything, I would have preferred Cody's coronation close the show with an address to the crowd, but seeing how short on time they were, it made sense to place that in the center. In closing, I can't remember the last time I watched a New, new Japan ROH show and felt this happy. 19 and New New out of 20. Question, given how much wrestling has changed since the first New Japan Long Beach shows to today, where can you see wrestling heading in the next 12 months and beyond? Also, if you see an all-in two happening, what city do you see as likely to host it? You know, we talked about this this weekend. I would not be necessarily, um, you know, it's, it's natural that you have a great concept and you want to take it elsewhere. I think Chicago is a great home for it. I think that Running Chicago again wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Like this is a really great setup for them here. I really like Chicago uh, as like a central location. I Very mean, easy to travel to yeah. for a lot of people. It's yeah. you know driving distance for so many different areas of of the country. Yep. And and pro wrestling tees being set up here. Like we didn't talk about that. Uh, we got to go on a private tour of that place. Like that is a machine. It that is a place. machine. Yeah. I mean, t-shirts really are the lifeblood of many, many an independent wrestler. And this is kind of where all your favorite Young Bucks t-shirts, Bullet Club t-shirts in North America come from. So I can definitely see them doing Chicago again. Yeah. It's so hard to know where we will be in 12 months. Like you could never have predicted this and the Madison Square Garden sellout I'll, a year ago. I'll say this. I don't think those guys are going to the WWE. Seeing a night like tonight, they are doing something bigger than I think monetarily. Well, again, uh, it's different, I guess, when you have families. But man, just seeing what what they've accomplished here, they they must be having the time of their lives. Why would you give any of this up? 
Let us continue with Taylor from Sydney. This was top to bottom a great show. To me, it felt like a WCW-style pay-per-view from the late 90s and was an absolute success. The women really impressed me. I wasn't expecting much, and they knocked it out of the park. Where do you think they go from here? I can absolutely see them running multiple all-ins per, per year. The indie dream match hook to a show like this means it's always completely fresh and caters to the hardcore indie fan. After seeing the show, I can't see a future where any of these guys head to WWE. This might sound ridiculous, but I can't help feeling wrestling truly changed tonight. That's quite the feeling to leave a show with, that people are that optimistic about, you know, a sense of something being accomplished with this show and having those kind of ramifications. I feel like the the change probably came when they sold out that quickly, you know? Like, all they had to do at at this point was was the layup, and that was to deliver a strong wrestling card, which I think they, you know, you cannot absolutely count those guys on to do. Um, But... Uh, that's great. That's cool. Brian from Minnesota. Fantastic show overall. I love the women's match, but kind of wish there was a second women's match on the card. I was surprised to see the NWA title match went on as early as it did. I thought Pentagon versus Omega was the main event, and what they did with Y2J was perfect. Yeah, it could have been booked better, and the hard out was weird. But at the same time, I kind of felt old school because they were up against the clock like a real pay-per-view. We're spoiled with the WWE Network not having to worry about time anymore. By the way, thanks a million for the Patreon lenses you guys send. It makes events like these a lot more enjoyable. That's a big thank you to Way for doing this. Yes, that's right. So we uh, we have like a Snapchat um, that we have exclusively for patrons. It's called Patreon Lens. Uh, for those of you who are patrons, you can access it at the Patreon website, patreon.com slash postwrestling, or download the Patreon app. Uh, they're only there for about 24 hours though so see them while you can I'm going to go to Andrew here I love this show all the matches were great it's hard to say what was positive when so much of it was positive I know you guys didn't hear the commentary but it felt so refreshing where everyone was on the same page I didn't like the Joey Ryan segment though I just don't like the gimmick and think he's a bit of a one trick pony with wrestling being so mainstream he feels like the old carny indie part of wrestling trying to stick around I also felt Cody and Nick Aldis should have been the main event based on the reaction of the crowd and the drama in that match other than that, the show was one of the best of the year, 18 out of 20. We go to Rob from Mississauga. Was this a perfect show? No. But was it a great show with good wrestling that made something stand out? The answer is yes. I had, it, it had a great number of wrestling matches and nice tie-ins to being the elite, so I felt like you had a good payoff to a lot of things. I would rank my top five matches tonight as the following. Number one, Marty Okada. Number two, Pentagon Omega. Three, Golden Elite and Ray Phoenix Band... Ray, Phoenix, and Bandito, Hangman and Janela, and then Women's 4-Way. Dan writes, A very fun show from start to finish. While the actual wrestling wasn't blow away, there were a lot of great moments throughout the show that made that more than made up for it. Omega and Pentagon was my match of the night, with Okada Skrull a close second. I also enjoyed the Women's Fatal 4-Way, even with the odd finish. While I enjoyed Janela Hangman for the most part, the powerbomb spot up the stage that missed may have been the dumbest thing I've seen in wrestling all year, and I don't understand how they thought that was a good idea at all. Love the Jericho appearance, and the absolute best moment of the night was the one and only Glacier. I would continue to post my thoughts, but I was given the go-home six sentences ago, and I'm about to be cut off. Eight out of ten. Doof Daddy, just an all-around good show. I knew there wouldn't be much... Uh, a match of the year contender, but figured it could easily be a show of the year contender. They booked it perfectly and knew the audience they were looking, booking for. This lived up to the hype, and I personally was not let down at all. I watched on Honor Club and only had a couple minor hiccups early in the show, but it ran smooth after the ML match. 10 out of 10 for me. We go to Brad from Halifax. I do not watch New Japan or Being the Elite, but got this show on hype alone. It was good, but not great. I loved Omega vs. Penta, but nothing else stood out for me. Frankly, ROH TV shows better TV matches every week. 
Many matches were not great, especially Lethal versus Flip, which was not good at all. I will stick to NXT and WWE. For 50 bucks Canadian, I wanted more and would ask for my money back if I could. The value of this show is 30 bucks max, 12 out of 20. Sorry to be Debbie Downer, but safe travel, fellas. Well, I, mean, I think that's an interesting perspective from somebody who typically doesn't follow because I, I do want wonder what the how much appeal this would have to somebody who doesn't follow the storylines or the characters and really just watch this based on I guess hype or match quality alone and to Brad at least it didn't translate we go to Sean who says so how was the show I oh he had so many buffering issues with fight tv tonight I just gave up after it kicked me out out of the after the 10th time very frustrating I will try to watch tomorrow oh well there you go so that uh, was a problem for some Chris writes, I was so excited for this show, but it exceeded every expectation. Jericho had me screaming at the TV, and by the end, I was shocked five hours had passed. My only tiny complaint is that Zero Hour wasn't available in Canada. Hopefully next time it will be available for the rest of us, as the stream I was able to find was pretty awful. Yeah, the, the reaction from both the television industry and the pay-per-view industry will be very interesting to see how they treat this show based on the success it does and what Zero Hour draws for that one hour and how this pay-per-view does. That's kind of the next interesting results to see performance-wise. Nathan from Wisconsin, this show being my first time watching any of the talent from outside of the WWE, I was really impressed with this entire card. The highlights of the night easily being the Joey Ryan angle and the main event match. I would have loved another five minutes of the main event though. I watched the show on the Fight app and other than it being crashed for the first two to three minutes of the pay-per-view, no hiccups at all tonight. 17 ethereal members out of 20. So Nathan kind of offering a different perspective from somebody who doesn't follow the storylines yet had a positive uh, uh, opinion of this show. And the final one, Crash from California. Sadly, I joined in during the beginning of the Cody match and thus missed some of the good stuff, including Flip Gordon winning the Battle Royal. I enjoyed the other matches. My favorite surprise was seeing Tiger Hattori referee the Okada Squirrel match. Great show. Looks like a great success. 18 Tommy Dreamer sweat towels out of 20. And that is going to wrap up our post-show for All In. So thank you to everybody for all of your feedback. And that's going to wrap up uh, at least tonight's show. Way and I are going to be back uh, in the very near future. Yeah, we're uh, planning on doing another road trip, uh, road diary type of thing on our way back to Toronto. So maybe we'll start recording that after we cross the border, hopefully with no issues this time. Yes, let us hope. So that's going to be coming up. Uh, thank you again to all the people we met this weekend. Had a great time here in Chicago. Uh, this is a free show, but if you do want to show your support, you can do so by signing up at postwrestlingcafe.com, supporting our Patreon. Uh, we are we already have one road trip show up there in both audio and video form, and we'll have another one up Sunday evening. In addition to that, if you missed out on seeing the live Ask Away here at StarCast, that will be available to our cafe members this coming Friday uh, for the One Milk, One Sugar members. As well, every Wednesday we have uh, on the cafe the Double Shot where we typically review every edition of Being the Elite. So we'll definitely be covering a lot of the fallout from Star uh, uh, All In on that cafe members show. All right. With that, we are going to say goodbye to you. It is very late here in Chicago. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will be speaking with you on the road.